Hello and welcome to the Tool Assisted Podcast. This is your host, The 8-Bit Beast, and it's the 18th of February 2019 today. Today we're talking about Mario Kart Wii with Malio and Taz Plasma. How's it doing today, Malio? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing great, thanks. So tell us a bit about yourself. How did you get into gaming and then speedrunning? Um, I'd say the first game I really got into was Mario Kart Wii. Uh, probably started when I was about, honestly, seven or eight years old, about like a year after the game came out. Um, ever since then, I just got really into competing in time trials and, and that sort of thing. Um, and then fast forward a couple years in uh, 2011, I believe, I ended up making my first tool-assisted speedrun because uh, I saw a few YouTube videos of people making tasks of Mario Kart Wii, and I thought that'd be in, and I've been doing that ever since. Nice. So your first tazzing thing was sort of Mario Kart Wii then? Yeah, it was. Um, I went from there um, eventually to uh, Paper Mario, that whole series. Um, but I ended up going full circle. I've just come back recently to uh, Mario Kart Wii again. Nice. And how did you find out about tazzing? Do you remember what the first one you saw was? Um, it was probably, honestly, um, Super Mario Bros. for the NES. Um, one of Happy Lee's tasks, I guess. Um, and, you know, I, I didn't understand what a task was completely at that point. I just understood that, you know, there wasn't a human doing that. It was, it was crazy. Like everything, it, it, the, all the execution was, was perfect. And I guess I got obsessed with, with watching those because all the runs were, you know, better than what a human could do. Nice. It's a very good introduction, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how are you today, Taz Plasma? I am doing well. Thank you. So Derek, is it? Yes. Yes. So how did you get into gaming and speedrunning, Derek? I got into gaming from my brother. And I think same with Malio. My first favorite game to play was probably Mario Kart Wii. I saw speedruns shortly after getting into Mario Kart Wii. And then I think my first Taz I saw was one by MK Dasher in Mario Kart Wii specifically, actually. Nice. Very good. So do you mainly focus on Tazzing Mario Kart Wii? Yeah, big focus on tazzing mario kart wii and actually i wrote a a math paper that was like geared towards shortest or fastest possible like paths which was like aimed at applying towards tazzing yeah <laughs> that's great i love that <laughs> <laughs> did you um like submit that paper anywhere or just yeah just it was i mean it was it was my undergrad thesis paper oh that's great <laughs> good project um okay so yeah mario kart wii so you can taz on wii which always surprises me quite a bit how is the emulation for that and how would you deal with something like motion controls yeah i was surprised too um how well wii emulation worked i'll definitely say it was more inaccurate um a few years ago but it's definitely gotten to the point where it's it's very accurate now as for for motion controls i did experiment a little bit with uh super paper mario but i know Emulating like the like the Wii Remote sensor moving around on screen, that's all pretty fairly accurate and, and easy to do in the emulator, I would say. And we're just now trying to get used to using uh, the Wii Wheel for Mario Kart Wii tasking. Derek, you might know a little bit more about that than, than I do, honestly, because we, we can touch on this later, but technically the Wii Wheel is actually better for tasking in Mario Kart Wii than the GameCube controller. So as far as we know, the wheel can do everything that a GameCube controller can do, but more, in fact. So there's uh, on the GameCube controller, the analog stick is in a circle. So any 
input you press on the analog stick has to be on the circle, whereas the wheel is more like a box. So you can actually hit the diagonal values will go farther and allow you to utilize the full horizontal and full vertical simultaneously. And what's interesting about that is there's actually... um... Not for the tasks that uh, we'll be showing off today, but on Mushroom Gorge uh, for the human record, the human world record, the way that they do the glitch is actually only possible with the Wii wheel because of the fact that the uh, diagonal values are stronger um, in the yeah. box as opposed to the unit circle on the GameCube controller. Okay, that's really interesting. I'm surprised to hear that the wheel has two dimensions of movement. I thought it would just be left or right in one dimension oh yeah, yeah. with with uh with Wii wheels you can also you can tilt it back and forth so you can either do a nose dive or a tail dive uh, um yeah how how significantly you do a tail dive while you're turning that can get restricted with a gamecube controller but you can you can do more of a tail dive while turning uh if you use the Wii wheel because of the the box region yeah so tilting up and down actually changes how much you're also turning in the air so all this stuff is only applicable when you're in the air but for example if you tilt back and are already turning towards the right it will make you turn towards the right even faster interesting yeah i must not have picked that up when i played through mario kart wii must be fairly subtle i'd imagine uh how is tazzing with the wheel is it difficult to actually do or fairly straightforward um from my experience it's it's a lot different um so what when we make tasks is we have TAS input, which is like an on-screen controller. And for the for the GameCube TAS input, it's pretty easy to see that it's for the analog stick, it's just a, a circle within a box. And wherever you move your cursor to on on that uh on that circle is where the analog stick will be. But for the Wii Wheel TAS input, there's an X, Y, and a Z axis on the TAS input that are supposed to represent like one one's turning, yeah, left and right, one's like tilting back and forth. I forget what the other one is. I always have trouble visualizing this in, in three dimensions. <laughs> but anyway, the, the values that you have to set the task input to on each of the axis is um, it's not as completely spread out. So I think like a left turn is like anywhere from like zero to 600. Like the, the values are like really spread out. Um, I don't yeah. know if you have more information on that, Derek. Um, yeah. Also, the fact that it's controlled by an accelerator. So to execute a certain action you actually have to do it over the course of two frames maybe so you have to be thinking ahead when tazzing with a wheel and it's just something we're not quite used to yet like when you first make a taz you know how it feels it feels like you have no idea what you're doing and that's like what it feels like uh what right now to make a taz with the wheel one person is actively trying to learn how to do it he goes by duanium b but uh i think he's been semi-successful so far yeah he's been doing well i think he's been mainly making a cart tasses yeah really cool to see nobody's really you know spent much time on that yeah and that's the thing that always interests me about this community because there's so many io runs you can have heaps of people working on it at once that's really good to hear that's definitely one thing we've been doing more of recently, uh, like co- collaboration. Within the Dolphin uh, file directory, there's a save game file that contains all your license information and all the ghosts that you save uh, on each track. So whenever we want to work on a track, we can just send our ghost data back and forth with other people. You'll see um, for the, the Luigi Circuit task, which will be first, and the Maple Treeway task. We actually had uh, Maple Tree. We had six people working on it, and Luigi Circuit. We had four, and it's really cool to see that many people working on it because you know when you have people around the globe, literally just working on it constantly, you can get things done a lot more efficiently, and you don't feel the same amount of like burnout from you know working on a track tirelessly and not making progress, for example. 
So moving on to glitches on this game, we've got one here called Quantum Mechanics. Does one of you want to explain what that is? (laughs) Sure. So a lot of times you're going to be interacting with a certain object, maybe tricking off a ramp or something like that. And so we have this, you know, rapid fire hop abuse. That's the best way to handle ramps. And you can start your rapid fire hop abuse in many spots. But oftentimes there's a very precise spot that you need to start it at. And, you know, it's a finite frame per second game. So your character moves by teleporting. And oftentimes in the teleportation, you'll just skip over the zone you need to be in. You'll skip over the spot you need to start your rapid fire hop. So the way to remedy this is by maybe sacrificing a bit of time so that you'll end up teleporting to the right spot or gaining time, which is usually harder in some possible if it's fully optimal so we'll do these little time sacrifices maybe like you know it will be at most that of a frame so in this game you know 16 17 milliseconds so we'll do these little you know 16 17 at most millisecond time losses so that in the end we're gaining overall 100 milliseconds so for example like the blue ramp on Moo meadows which we'll see in a bit we found that if you lose like five milliseconds you end up gaining 80 so <laughs> We have to deal with this a lot and this whole like system of, oh, it's very chaotic. Where you need to be is very important. That's what we call quantum mechanics. Okay. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Was it when people found this, were they confused as to why they were going slower and then ending up with a better time? Uh, Yes, (laughs) definitely. Yeah. Yeah. We were all very unsure. And then it it occurred to us that, yeah, there are tricks that are pixel perfect. You can't just be doing something at the right frame. You also need to be in the right position. Yeah. That's very interesting to hear. And it sounds like one of those things where game physics don't quite line up with what real physics would be like jumping over things in a Mm -hmm. frame. Alrighty. And um, yeah, it's about quantum mechanics. So with this and other racing games, there's some sort of checkpoint system because otherwise you could go back across the line and then back across it again to get laps. I think Summoning Salt had a video about this, didn't he? Yeah, he had a video explaining uh, the history of Ultra Shortcuts. And in the beginning, he had an explanation for the checkpoint system. I'm going to argue that there's more information that uh, we now have that we can uh, use to explain the checkpoint system. And I'll, I'll send over some images of the checkpoints uh, so you can put those on screen to show people what it looks like. So each track has a series of checkpoints throughout the course. Um, the game just uses that to, you know, keep track of the player, make sure they're making progress throughout the race. Among these checkpoints, there's a certain set of what we call key checkpoints. And these key checkpoints, basically the game requires you to pass through them. Otherwise, if you skip one key checkpoint and go to the next, it's not going to count the lap. It's going to recognize that you're doing something you shouldn't be, and the game's going to punish you by not counting your lap. So anytime you're in a given key checkpoint range, there are two key checkpoints that are loaded in the game's memory besides the one you're in. The game has in memory the key checkpoint in front of you and the one behind. So if you're in uh, the first key checkpoint region, key checkpoint zero, and you skip key checkpoint one, and you pass through key checkpoint two, key checkpoint two is not loaded in memory yet. So the game's not going to recognize that you're going through a checkpoint. It's going to recognize that you didn't pass through the first key checkpoint. So it's not going to count your lap. And this is where uh, ultra glitches come in. So if you count the, if you go through the finish line in key checkpoint region zero, which is at the start of the race, if you don't pass through key checkpoint one and you go through the last key checkpoint of the lap right before the finish line, 
the the last key checkpoint is loaded in memory and the game recognizes that that key checkpoint is greater than key checkpoint zero it's farther into the lap than key, key checkpoint zero so it's going to think that you progress through the lap and it's actually going to count the lap for you um i hope that was a good enough explanation now here's the key piece of information that we just learned about recently um, the game has what I like to call a built-in 95% rule. And we dis- actually discovered this on a new task that we're trying to improve on Coconut Mall. So anytime that you go out of bounds and the game doesn't check your lap completion is what we call it. Anytime you go outside of the bounds of the checkpoints and you re-enter through the last key checkpoint of the lap, if you jump more than 95% of the lap, the game will somehow recognize that, you know, you're doing something weird, you're doing something wrong, and it won't count the lap. So, for example, on Coconut Mall, we use a glitch to trigger the lap later. Instead of triggering at it on a lap 2 at a value of 2.0000, we'll actually trigger it on 2.01. So that's 1% through the lap more than normal. And we can, instead of continuing through the rest of the race, we can go out of bounds and just pass through the last key checkpoint. And the last key checkpoint is actually at about 95.5% through the lap. So, you know, if you were to just cross through the finish line normally and try to hit that last key checkpoint, the game's going to recognize that you jumped more than 95% through the race. But because we're able to delay the lap count to 2.01 instead of 2.00, we can pass through the last key checkpoint and it actually counts the lap. So all in all, the game just has a built-in failsafe to prevent cheating and ultra shortcuts, I guess, by requiring that you don't jump more than 95% through a lap. And I'll have a video on that later. I'm I'm still working on it, but uh, I think that's it. Okay, I'll look forward to seeing that video as well. So even if you were to stay completely inbounds, if you jump too much, does that mean that you would not trigger the lap? Yeah, if you were somehow able to stay inbounds and you didn't go through um you didn't go through key checkpoint one, so you're still in key checkpoint zero technically, and you passed through the last key checkpoint of the lap, if the game wasn't able to keep track of your progression and you jumped ninety-five percent or more, it's not gonna count your lap. But for all intents and purposes, as long as you're staying inbounds, the game the game is pretty good with having the checkpoint bounds always be, you know, in bounds of where you would be driving. So um, I don't think it, there's any circumstance where it wouldn't count the lap for you. Okay, that's very good to hear. Cool. So yeah, and the tracks, because you can skip these checkpoints, they're split up between records with ultra shortcuts and essentially glitchless. Yeah. Uh-huh. But glitchless may still do some tiny skips. Is that right? Yeah, nothing like super janky. We don't have like a nice definition of what's allowed and what isn't allowed. It's kind of agreed upon in the TAS community, and it might not be the standard amongst the rest of the community. It's really weird, but yeah. (laughs) So do you differ between TAS and RTA for any of the glitchless rules? Oh man, it's tough. There's been some things that we said, that's clearly a glitch, and other people say no, and then we fight about it, and then sometimes they'll say this is a glitch, and we're, we will say no, and it's <laughs> it's, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 one, the one example I can think of is uh, on Maple Treeway, uh, for the no, it's, it's supposed to be in the no glitch category. So there's a shortcut you can do right at the beginning of the race. You can use a mushroom and cut through some dirt on immediately to the right and another tasser named thomas did is instead of using his shroom there he actually took the first turn of the race normally uh used a mushroom and clipped the fence on the left side and got a massive amount of airtime that allowed him to pop up in the air and drop back down on like the the shortcut path 
right before the canon. And so we, we have people arguing, you know, like, oh, are, are wall clips considered glitches? Like, should this be allowed? Um, yeah. It's not using the ultra shortcut, but it's, you know, it's not glitchless either, right? Yeah. Previous conventions stated that if you do a wall clip to achieve a shortcut that is otherwise impossible without the wall clip, it should be counted as a glitch. And now certain wall clips are being used to do shortcuts that are possible, but make them slightly better. And then at what point do you like draw the line? And that's our issue. <laughs> okay. See, I didn't realize that it was this controversial on some of the tracks. Is there, does there tend to be more interest in ultra shortcut runs or the glitchless no ultra shortcut runs? Mm -hmm. It, it depends a, on the course, question. I think. I think it depends yeah. on the course. Like, some courses, like, the glitch is so spectacular that it's like, oh my god, wow, that's amazing. But, like, Coconut Mall is, like, honestly kind of boring. You're just driving around in circles in a parking lot. <laughs> and I think most people agree that the no glitch time is more interesting because there's a lot more going on. Okay, so that'll be the two categories, as we'll see later when we talk about the individual tracks. So we've had some recent developments, I hear, about some new Lua scripting support. Yeah, so Dolphin, you know, for the longest time hasn't had um, scripting support. And for those that aren't aware, scripting can help to automate a lot of the processes involved in tasking. One example I have is for uh, when I worked on Paper Mario 64. Uh, I forget who helped me. It might have been a, a person by the name of JD Aster. He, he helped me create a, a Lewis script that could look into the game's memory, read the uh, RNG value, and it would spit out on screen, you know, what the outcome would be when I was trying to manipulate something. So things like that can really help automate um, the process for, for tasking. For Mario Kart Wii, we're still trying to think of script ideas, but we've just recently got support thanks to uh, THC98, who goes by Tails, and uh, Swear. Um, I don't know how to pronounce the second half of his name. Uh, Swear Jong, I think. But yeah, they were able to create a Dolphin 5.0 version with Lewis scripting. So now we have Lewis scripting support on a very recent version of Dolphin that, you know, helps it, it makes the game run really, really optimally um, while we're tasking, as well as um, we'll touch on this later, but it helps our run sync synchronize on console. So right now, all we have for scripts are um, I created an input reader and a writer. Yes. So um, we can store the inputs from ghost data and we can play it back. Um, it just stores the inputs in a text file. It's a little bit easier to transfer those between people, but it also allows you to essentially compare two ghost files by writing the inputs from one ghost and playing it back while racing a different ghost. You'll see at the beginning of races during the countdown, we can actually pop some wheelies and slide left or right. And that helps us inch forward a little bit towards the finish line to save a couple of milliseconds. And so we uh, swear uh, helped write scripts to uh, automate that process as well. Is it the I same think, uh, inputs when you're trying to get forward on the finish line for every track or does it depend on the track? Um, it for for all intents and purposes um it's the same the only differentiation is between vehicles um yeah the way you do it between different vehicles actually changes but um i'd say for the most part all the tracks are the exact same um unless Except there's like for, a uh, koopa cape you you can't do a oh, slide yeah. strat on koopa cape it, it, with flame runner at least there's something i want to mention about the scripts like with the input reader and writer there's definitely some applications out there so I saw my first, you know, my first seeing of Lewis scripts was from Weatherton testing Mario Kart 64. And he had basically the same thing where he would execute some sequence of inputs and then be able to see where it went wrong and then just modify them accordingly. 
And so now we have access to this. No one's like used it in that context yet, but uh, something definitely we should be looking into. Another thing with uh, applications of the scripts too that I just thought of with the input reader and writer and piggybacking off what Derek said. So instead of doing a, a full three lap task, we also focus on fast laps or we call them flaps for short. And I think we're showcasing one of them just because it, it shows off super grinding, which we'll touch on in, in a little bit. But um, so what can happen a lot when you start flaps, you'll sit around for a while and charge up a mini turbo and then drift into the finish line and release a mini turbo right when the, the lap starts for an additional boost. And what people often end up having is if there's certain cycles that go on during the race, such as on Coconut Mall at the very end, uh, the cars might be in the way. Um, and you end up losing time just because you started the lap, you know, a, a couple tenths of a second too late or something like that. So what an input reader and writer would do would be to allow you just to insert a couple of blank frames, you know, where you're just standing still, and then you can just start the the, the lap a little bit later and you'll end up having a better cycle that are, that'll uh, save you time. That kind of reminds me of using something like Test Studio. I'm not sure if you guys have use that before. oh yeah on uh, on bizhawk i've i've used that a little bit um and that's essentially what we want to try to develop like have like an interface like that to make it easier to edit inputs right now we're working with text files <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's rough um but it's good to hear that that's the direction that you're going in because that's something that puts me off about testing gamecube is that i wouldn't have test studio and uh we'll have an episode on lewis scripting eventually on this show as well Alrighty, so getting more into the guts of these tricks, we have a trick called Rapid Fire Hop Abuse. So what's this trick all about? Uh, do you uh, want to touch on that, Derek? Oh, sure. Rapid Fire Hop Abuse is you can hop in the game simply by pressing the drift button. So every time you drift, you do a hop first. And if you just so happen to hop many times every other frame, so 30 times per second, depending on what you're using it for, the bike will start spazzing out on the ground. So the biggest application is probably for tricking, like I mentioned maybe earlier. If you are approaching a ramp and you rapid fire hop, you end up taking a very like low trick. And we want to minimize as much airtime as possible because you decelerate in the air. So rapid fire hop abuse is used to reduce airtime for tricking. And then it can also be used for something else, which I'll let Malio explain. Yeah. So just to conclude with rapid fire hop abuse, it's kind of like your bike is getting stuck inside the ground. I don't, we don't really know why it's a mechanic, but it's a mechanic. And yeah, it just helps reduce airtime. So the next trick, just to piggyback off that, is called super grinding. And you'll see that on Luigi's circuit. To set that up, we have to start doing rapid fire hop abuse, um, just hopping 30 times per second near the last turn of Luigi's circuit. And then we can actually continue to press the hop button 30 times per second as we're going down the, the straightaway and passing the finish line. And because we're jammed in the road, we're basically able to keep the... It's we're, we're not maintaining the momentum from the speed boost, but being jammed in the road allows you to basically build up speed. Um, I feel like this is a panencoic video. We're building up speed as we go down the straightaway. And we can continue that even past the first turn. We can go just sharp enough to to make the first turn. Eventually, though, our angle changes too much to the right, and we end up getting ejected out of the road. And then from there, we, we can't super grind anymore. The only other application for this would be on Mario Raceway on the, the fast lap tasks. And uh, we are going to show that off uh, later in the video. And I don't know if that was the best explanation of super grinding. I have I have a full video on it on my channel where I go into more detail. But yeah, 
Yeah, that video is a good watch. I would highly recommend it to the listeners. So yeah, the rapid fire hop abuse, you've said you have to press a button 30 times a second. So that's uh, implying that the game runs at 60 frames a second. Is there any lag or anything that happens? Uh, I've never experienced lag on Nintendo tracks. In the event of custom tracks, if somebody doesn't have, uh, you know, an optimized track file and there's too many objects loaded on screen, it can it can definitely lag. But I've never had that happen on uh, Nintendo tracks. That makes tasking a lot, a lot easier, I would say. Never having to deal with lag frames or anything. Yeah, lag is very unfortunate when you're tasking. I'm glad to hear that. Cool. So yeah, super grinding. And so why wouldn't it be more useful in other tracks? I was very surprised to hear that it could only be used in two. Hmm. The the criteria for getting a good super grind, um, it really only suits Luigi Circuit and Mario Raceway. The problem, for example, on Mario Circuit for using the super grind for a three lap task is that the setup, you don't have the full speed boost until basically when you cross the finish line. But basically, as you continue, um, you know, jamming yourself into the road and as you're going down towards the finish line, you're progressively building up speed more and more. But that's a very gradual process and you start off going very slow. So it ends up losing time initially. And as as well, um, the first or the, the second turn after the finish line, it's just too tight and it doesn't allow you to keep the super grind speed for that long. Um, so that doesn't uh, save time overall. Um, regarding other tracks, there's just not a good enough situation where um, you can avoid, you know, the progressive uh, speed buildup and, you know, have the maximum speed right away. I think the way we do it on Luigi Circuit is just so unique. I don't think any other track has what we need to to do it that optimally and that fast for that quick of a setup. So yeah, I don't have a I don't have a great answer for that. It's it's just that you know certain tracks don't all, all the tracks besides Luigi Circuit and Mario Raceway just don't offer what we need. Yeah, I definitely know the feeling of finding a general technique, but then it's not so general when you can't use it everywhere. But yeah. it's, I'm glad it's useful on some tracks, at least. And um, would you be super grinding in uh, no ultra shortcut category? Oh, that's a... That's no, a... we wouldn't. We would count yeah. super grinding as a definite glitch. Uh-huh. So, like, it's it's honestly beyond just ultra shortcuts, right? I mean, like, certain shortcuts are glitchy in nature, and we just separate it by, old like, glitch and no glitch. And, yeah, the ultra shortcuts will lie in the glitch category always. And then also super grinding. Mm-hmm. So next trick we're going to talk about is side trick abuse. Yeah. So when you're tricking on a ramp, actually what direction you press on the analog stick has an effect on your speed and your acceleration. I first actually should mention that there's different types of ramps. I'll call them maybe slow ramps and fast ramps. So fast ramps will give you a large speed boost when you land and slow ramps such as Mumu Meadows Blue Ramp, this will not give you as much of a speed boost. So when you do a trick and you already have a boost coming into, for example, a slow ramp, the first important thing you should be doing is not up or down tricking, but side tricking. And then the other thing you want to do is press the direction on your analog stick that you are also tricking in. And what it does is it it just like lowers your deceleration. So it preserves your speed for longer. So I think in most footage, you'll see the speed start at 108 and then go up to 109 and then slowly decrease down. Whereas if you don't do this correctly, it will quickly go back down to 100. And then just really quick, on fast ramps, the direction you press on the analog stick is the opposite direction unlike on slow ramps. So it's something uh, we have to be aware of. I well, just now I had to look it up while we we're discussing this, but yeah. Hmm, interesting. That's so weird that it's the other way around on the fast ramps. Yeah, we have no idea what causes that. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I'm glad you figured it out anyway. All right, so this leads into a trick called mushroom abuse as well. Yeah, so as far as I'm aware, and people might berate me for messing this up, but the so-called mushrooms in Mushroom Gorge, they make you do tricks off them. And if you clip into the side of them, you're kind of like not tricking over and over again, but you're allowing yourself to input side trick abuse frames multiple times. And normally when you trick on a ramp, sorry, on a mushroom, it forces your speed down to 73, which is much lower than it usually is. But if you utilize this so-called mushroom abuse, which is, again, as far as I know, just iterated side trick abuse, you can boost your speed up very high. Some have done up to 100, maybe 108 even, which is very normally not possible on mushrooms. Hmm. I'm glad that it becomes applicable to mushrooms as well. Okay, so moving on, we've got another trick. Wheelie triggers? Yes. So wheelie triggers are when you do a trick and a wheelie at the same time. So this seems very counterintuitive. When The only way to be wheeling is to be on the ground. And if you're doing a trick and touch the ground, it releases your trick and then you're just going to boost. But as it turns out, if you touch the ground within a few frames of doing your initial trick, it doesn't give you the trick still thinks you're tricked and so on that frame that you hit the ground you can also input a wheelie and this is good because wheeling is the fastest way to move in the game besides super grinding of course and so we can be wheeling and tricking at the same time this will allow us to be at our maximal speed so how long can you do that for um as long as you're in the air for and the the key is the setup you need to make sure that you're hitting a ramp such that there is ground very quickly after so we'll see it on dk summit for example there's a bunch of consecutive bumps and this is great you can do a trick off the first and then starting at the next bump do a trick and then immediately enter a wheelie you know a few frames after and then since you have trick boost from the previous you'll be going 120 you know units per frame whatever measurement of speed you want to call it and then you just keep this over and over again as opposed to if you weren't doing a wheelie trigger you'd be going 100 so it's a, a boost in 20 units per frame that is a very big difference um so yeah. how useful is it is it used on many tracks it's used on i want to say three possibly four dk summit gamecube mario circuit it's also used on bowser's castle wii um Maybe maybe a couple others. I could be forgetting something. But yeah, those are the those are the only ones I can think of for now. Yeah, it's definitely extremely useful. Uh, before they were discovered, so on DK Summit, the record was around a 140, and then it was around maybe a 139. But after wheelie triggers were discovered, it brought it down to a 137. Oh, that's in a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, are there any other tricks that you guys want to add before we move on to talking about the individual tracks? Oh, well, I, th I think we're good. I think yeah. I think that's everything. I think that covers everything. Be wall tricks. Oh, that's a that's a good idea to talk about. Um, just, just briefly. So if you do a certain trick direction and clip against the wall, the animation of tricking in combined with hitting the wall will propel you forward, and we call this a wall trick. You'll see it many times. Oh, nice! I didn't realize that situation would present itself that often. That's awesome. <laughs> It's actually on quite a few tracks, um, and I forgot about that. That's a very recent thing, relatively speaking, that uh, a lot of people have started integrating into their runs. We'll see that on Coconut Mall. We'll see it on yeah Bowser Castle Wii. Toad's Factory as well. I forgot about that. Yeah. But yeah, I think, and I think that's it. Yeah. Maple Treeway, no glitch as well. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think with that, I think we're ready to go into the videos. 
Cool. So people who are watching this on YouTube will be able to see videos of the tracks. And in the description and the show notes, there'll be a link to the best track times. It's a Google dot full of the records for Tazzing. Cool. So for the rest of the podcast, we'll be talking about all the tracks in detail. And if you're able to, I would highly recommend watching the YouTube version for this, as it's very reliant on the video. I would normally play a jingle before every video in this podcast, but the videos are frequent enough that I think that would get annoying. And there will be game sound very lowly under the video anyway, so you'll be able to hear when the videos are happening. So without further ado, what's our first track to get started on? All right, so we're first going to be showing off the Luigi Circuit uh, Super Grinding Task, which was made, uh, it was released eight days ago. Um, so it's one of the most recent tasks that uh, that we've finished. And so that was worked on by myself, uh, a Japanese tasker named Monster, Rocky, and Thomas. And I can just, I can just start it off whenever. whenever. Okay. So you'll see right here, we do a slide at the start again. Um, that just helps us inch up a little bit more. And we have a measure of our X and Y court. Oh, I'm sorry, the X and Z plane uh, speed in the bottom right. It's a little, little bit more accurate than uh, the normal uh, speed display that we use. So yeah, right here, we start rapid fire hop abusing and we're holding right and we can progressively make our way down the straightaway. And you can see we still maintain a speed of around 119 the entire time. We can uh, again. And then uh, this time I'll talk about the, uh, the way that we recover when uh, the game ejects us out of the ground when our angle changes too much. So we get a lot of airtime from this. We can just pop a wheelie, and then we can do two frame-perfect hops right when we land, and that helps us conserve our speed a little bit longer while we uh, make our way into the second turn. Uh, with just the right angle, you can do a, a hop towards that ramp without using a shroom, and it saves just a, a little bit of time. It might be half a frame or so, speaking, uh, like 0.08 seconds. Yeah, it's very sad to see this. This was an improvement of uh, about 0.3 seconds. Um, and we just barely missed the sub uh, by about four frames. But overall, I think I think we're all happy with how optimized it is. So can't be too upset. So I noticed on the last lap you didn't do a super grind. Is that because the super grind is beneficial for things after the finish line? Or? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this is kind of how Mario Circuit Mario Raceway, excuse me, works for the fast lap. The initial setup is slower. But it saves time um, for the fast lap after you pass the finish line, basically. Um, so yeah, getting the super grind on Luigi Circuit, we normally don't go that wide around the last turn. But because you're keeping that 120 kilometers per hour, whatever unit you want to use, uh, because you're keeping that 120 unit per second speed as you go past the finish line and through the first turn of the lap, um, you end up uh, saving a lot more time later on. But uh, yeah, you do lose time initially, and so that's why uh, we don't do that on lap three. Hmm, very interesting. So, uh, remind me, how much time did Super Grinding save on that track? Um, so the the current uh, non Super Grinding record, I believe, is a one oh seven point nine nine seven by Monster. Um, so this is a savings of uh, almost two seconds. Wow, that is really huge. 
for for a track that short and that simple it's 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 pretty crazy of an improvement yeah um the second one uh derek can can take over this is uh his run he worked on with uh another tasser named uh zach yes so i worked on lap one part of lap one and a little bit of lap two first turns just optimization and line work so coming up here is a classic example of quantum mechanics, this blue ramp I mentioned. We do rapid fire hop abuse through it at a very specific time, and also rapid fire hop abuse at a specific time on that last ramp there. Um, very crucial. So you might be wondering how we were able to drive through the grass at the end. It's because the ramp we're touching is a boost ramp. So not only is it a faster trick, but the boost pad itself gives you off-road immunity for a bit, which we'll see again. We're hoping to beat that mole one day and then potentially save 100 or so milliseconds. Right now, what we found is uh, Spear is actually faster on this course. It's faster by potentially a whole 100 milliseconds. So we're hoping Spear can maybe beat the mole. And if, even if it doesn't beat the mole, Spear has better acceleration, so the process of hopping over the mole with Spear will save even more time. How much do you think you're going to end up uh, improving this task by? Um, whether, but, but... True, yeah, oh, so 100 to 200 milliseconds, and then maybe even 300 if we can beat the mole. Right, okay. So what is it that the mole does that slows you down, though? His little pieces of dirt puts you at a very, very slow speed. So what we have to do, it's even faster to just jump over it and cancel our wheelie temporarily. Um, but ideally, we would pass him and not have to jump over him at all and just wheelie all the way through it. But we can't seem to do that yet. But we'll find out soon. We're at the beginning of lap two in our spear run. Interesting. And it was really surprising to see that you uh, rapid fire hopper beast over the fast ramp and went onto the grass. I was surprised yeah. to see that that was faster. But, yeah. I mean, it yeah. So <laughs> it, it's weird. Like, why wouldn't you just have the boost from the boost pad in the air and then land from the trick and then have like you're it's almost like you're wasting boost frames landing sooner we have no i mean as far as we know yeah we don't really know why it's happening that way the only thing when you land from the trick you're going 120 as opposed to 100 in the air so and there might be some weird thing with slopes and stuff like that involved as well skipping over extra like distance frames as well Hmm, interesting so and something we haven't touched on i think is what characters slash vehicles to use you mentioned that there was another faster one yeah so the flame runner is the most common actually not even i don't think that's a true statement anymore the flame runner used to be the most common it's a very like well-rounded bike it's fast it has good drifting good mini turbos and we will always use uh funky kong when we use the flame runner because funky kong has a speed bonus as opposed to other characters and there's this other vehicle called the Spear, which is even faster than the Flame Runner, but it has worse drift, so it can't take as sharp a turns. So certain courses with very sharp turns, we won't be using the Spear, and we'll be using either the Flame Runner or even a different character, Daisy, who can take even sharper turns than the Flame Runner. 
Interesting. That is um, one thing that I always find intimidating about racing games is I'm never sure which character to use if I'm doing speed things with them. It's nice to see that you're usually sticking to one, two, or three characters. Yeah. So um, the next one we're going to show off um, is also one of the more recent um, tasks that have been uh, worked on, and it's still being improved. It's actually been improved by, I think at this point, almost another 1.2 seconds. Um, but essentially, the glitch strategy is a, the exact same. Um, so for all intents and purposes, this is uh, still representative of what an optimal uh, version of this glitch would be like. Um, so play. So this is on Mushroom Gorge. So this is going to be the first ultra glitch that you're going to see. Um, he's going to turn around, go up on the mountain, go over the finish line, and he's still in key checkpoint region zero. And he just barely crosses into the last key checkpoint of the lap. So the game counts it. Um, and he can do this over and over again. Go back to the finish line. Go back to the last key checkpoint and swing back around and cross the finish line. And that's the entire race. <laughs> um, so this is drastically different from what humans do. Humans, um, right now, the record uses, uh, I believe, a baby character, po possibly baby Mario and the Quacker, um, as well as the Wii Wheel. and. Um, they actually turn to the right the entire time to go around the mountain and then turn left when they get to the finish line, kind of repeat that process. Um, what this task did is it popped and tricked on the same frame um, that they were leaving the mushroom um, right before they got onto the mountain. And what that does is that locks your horizontal rotation. And from there, um, you get onto the mountain and you're essentially spinning out of control. And you can manipulate that by tilting up and down on the analog stick to do either a nosedive or a tail dive. And you can essentially um, swing yourself around to the backside of the mountain, get the checkpoint, and, uh, go back to the finish line over and over again. So this is about a, uh, I want to say a four, well, I guess with his improved tasks, it's uh, maybe like a four and a half second improvement over uh, the current human world record. Um, which is still pretty crazy considering how short this track is. Yeah, that was really impressive. And the physics on the mountain looked very strange. <laughs> uh, is that well understood or is it sort of just trial and error when you're testing the mountain physics? Oh, okay. With, with, with this, oh, sorry for interrupting you. With this strategy, um, this is pretty much just trial and error. Um, I've, I've tried to do what they did in this video. It's, it's very hard. Um, to go far back enough to hit the checkpoint and, and go back to the finish line after that over and over. As far as the mountain physics go, you can only do that if you're coming from a mushroom with boost. So you can't just like go to the mushroom, trick off the mushroom, hit the wall and do the glitch. You need to like shrooming into the mushroom forever puts you at 100 uh, units per frame, you know, 100 speed units until you hit the ground. So the act of doing that and i think the tricking also has an effect on the weird things you're seeing them hit the wall yeah oh i, I do know doing a side trick instead of an up or a down trick does cause uh you to interact with the wall differently i'm not really sure why but uh I, I just know it's a thing yeah that's that's so weird i would be very confused if i was trying to test that okay what's what's the next track we're looking at so I think um, we've decided to also show off the Mushroom Gorge No Glitch um, tasks because um, I feel like that also that shows off Mushroom Trick uh, or yeah Mushroom Abuse 
Um, and additionally, the the TAS itself is really cool to watch. It's it's executed really well, I think. So I'll hit play on that. Alrighty. Right off the bat here, they can hop over the grass patch um, and hit these two mushrooms. And as far as we know, this strat at the beginning was only faster because of mushroom abuse. Like we we had known about that for a while, but only recently started using it because of mushroom abuse, uh, especially in the second shroom. So if you watch his speed without mushroom abuse, you'd be wanting to see a number like 73. That's the only one we thought was possible previously, but you see his number go up to 88 there. Derek, do you know who ended up discovering mushroom abuse or no? Yeah, I think it was Luigi. I'm... Okay. Zach, Zach had mentioned he had seen it in custom tracks before, but I feel like he was just referring to like a boost pad before a mushroom in a custom track. Oh, I should also specify that the uh, the glitch task that we watched right before this, uh, it was made by uh, somebody by the name of Jello Puff and Esteloy. Yeah, this run was made by Swear. It's interesting to see how different some of the speeds are coming off the mushrooms. Like some are high yeah, 80s, so some are low 80s. It, when probably from lap to lap, there could be differences just due to quantum mechanics, for example. And then manipulating it so like maybe it could be the case that sacrificing the time to get it to be consistent is maybe not worth it. So you really, when you're doing quantum mechanics and have that in mind when you're tazzing, you have to make sure that the time losses you're doing are actually worth it. Okay, very interesting. Yeah, and I'd imagine there's a whole host of variables that are affecting that. How much speed yeah. you can get off them. And um, Definitely. Yeah, the green ones looked very fast as well. Yeah, so the green ones don't do anything to you. They act like normal ground. Okay. They don't. Yeah. Yeah, they don't act as like ramps, for example. Cool. And so, do you know how much time mushroom abuse saves in that? I'd imagine it's quite a bit, considering how many mushrooms there are. I think the time has gone down over a second or so just from mushroom abuse. Wow, that's incredible! And how Crazy. much how much of a speed boost do you get from mushroom abuse again? So I think I think we saw the numbers go up to eighty eight, but it's normally yeah. I saw I saw eighty eight. Yeah, so eighty eight minus seventy three. Mm, very good. 50. So the the next one we have is a Toad's Factory. Um, this this course has been I've I've been really impressed with how this course has uh, been optimized over the years. Um, and the, the shroom strategy has changed a lot too, I believe. Um, so he's about to shroom right after this conveyor belt. And this is not done by humans um, at all. You would never see somebody shroom there. Um, I forget why he shrooms there. Derek, do you, do you know more about that? Yeah, I think so I normally know why, but I'm be, not sure. You'd be shrooming on the little conveyor section he passed recently, like the sideways conveyor belts. And you shroom there to avoid having to get a what's called a luck wheelie, which is just a frame-perfect re-input of a wheelie. But if you shroom where he does in the Taz, you're actually shrooming while drifting, 
And that's good because drifting makes you go 84, a whole 12 units of speed slower than wheeling. Whereas if you're shrooming while drifting, it only makes you go three units of speed slower than shrooming while wheeling. So it saves massive amounts of time. If you're at a loss of where to shroom, shrooming while drifting is always a great option. And you'll see right here, he's doing what we call a wall trick. He's hitting the wall right before he uh, he goes off the ramp. Um, if your angle when you hit it is just right, um, you can end up eliminating a lot of airtime. Yeah, and it propels you forward too. So a little thing to note here is he's actually jumping when he hits the exit of that conveyor as opposed to just wheeling. And it's because jumping, the, the conveyor boosts you. It gives you a speed boost. And jumping actually preserves that boost instead of wheeling. The second you hit the ground after the conveyor, it reduces down. That last turn there, hitting the tractor is crazy. So he's it's, definitely. It's, it's out of that cycle. I don't think that's the best cycle for the lap three, but you know, you can't do anything about it. He's doing side trick abuse there on that last ramp as well. He's doing a side trick instead of an up or down trick and then inputting the opposite direction on the analog stick. That was a very satisfying one to watch. I I do really like the tight lines on the double forward and back conveyor belt. That's really good to see. Mm -hmm. Um with the with the very last ramp over the mud, was were they um doing rapid fire hopper beast to get lower or was that sort of the normal yes. height you'd get no that is very much lower than the normal height you get you go very high you can go above the finish line i mean you can't you know go over it but in height you go higher than the finish line fascinating so it even though they were using rapid fire hopper beast it did look higher than the other one that we saw earlier onto the grass can you sort of control the height that you get off the ramp or not you can control a little bit and again it kind of boils down to quantum mechanics so when you like the pixel that you start hopping on will affect how low you go and also how long you press the trick button after exiting the ramp affects your height but i mean the angle of the the Moomoo Meadows boost ramp that you saw we hit the grass on. The angle is just right so that we can hit the that we can hit the grass, whereas Toad's Factory, it's a different angle. And also there is no like thing in front of you to make you just land instantly. Interesting. So I'd assume that they're wanting to uh get past the mud though, because that might slow them down. Unless it the boost won't actually the boost so the boost ramp itself right the boost ramp has a boost pad and yeah that will give you some brief off-road immunity but i think as we found there's there's people who have gotten the trick ramp to be even lower on toad's factory and they found yeah, it you can you can go a little faster. bit lower but it's it's not faster for some reason um yeah it's yeah. i think it's because <laughs> you are utilizing more boost frames in the air you're like utilizing the boost pad frames and then landing with the full trick boost as opposed to moo moo meadows when you just instantly touch the ground so if anything moo moo meadows is the anomaly we're not sure why that's faster to just land instantly Alrighty, is it a perfect off-road um what's the word off-road 
safety that you get, or do you still slow down a tiny little bit off road after a boost? It's it's perfect. It's perfect off road immunity. Yeah. Nice. And it's only from the it's not from the act of like the trick boost. It's from the boost pad itself. So if that if that ramp doesn't have a boost pad, and still does make gives you like an incredible speed boost from the trick, it won't do anything. You'll just go in off road. Alrighty, what's our next track that we have coming up? Alright, so we're going to be showing off the second ultra glitch in the game. It's on Mario's Circuit. Um, so when you interact with trees on this course and um, in other tracks, like any kind of wall, um, you can basically boost into it. And if you do it at just the right angle with the right quantum mechanics, you can clip really high up into the air. So he hits the... Actually, the key checkpoint, um, key checkpoint zero, he hit it right there underneath the tunnel. Um, you can see that this track is a loop and the path that he's going to is actually underneath where the finish line is. So he's actually going inside the same checkpoint that um, the finish line is contained in, even though he's at the end of the course. And then from there, he can just drive into the last key checkpoint and it, it counts the lap because of that. So this little speed boost he's getting when he's landing from the ground is called the standstill mini turbo. If you just stop in place and then press the drift and accelerate button at the same time you get this so-called standstill mini turbo and he charges it so fast by the time you he lands on the ground he already has the standstill mini turbo yeah that that one was very impressive it's a good ultra shortcut um for, for the end the racer was sort of going back and forth near the edge of the track what's all that about so when you are oh. on a surface at an angle and then hit a different surface at a different angle, it actually changes your direction. And uh, a friend and I are thinking it might reflect something like uh, Snell's Law from physics. Like <laughs> there's some interesting <laughs> thing going on as far as like how that new angle is being calculated. And we're hoping it has something to do with Snell's Law because then we can maybe predict like which directions you'll go based on how the surfaces are angled differently. <laughs> There's a lot going on. But anyways, in any case, he's falling off the curb, but then the angle is changing, which will change his angle back to the left, and so then he'll point straight again. And then if he starts to point towards the right and fall off the curb, it'll just make him point to the left again. So he's kind of just stuck on the curb. And yeah, that's, that's not slower than um, avoiding that, per se. I mean, I think technically it is because you're covering a slightly longer amount of distance. But um, yeah, that ends up usually being, you know, the most optimal line you can take just given what angle you're approaching the curb at and everything. Yeah, it might not be possible to ride on the curb without that little bouncing back and forth happening. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, there's so many subtle things that they're doing that it's very hard to pick up on all of them, for sure. Definitely. Alrighty, do we have a glitchless one of this track, or are we moving on to the next one? Yeah, we there decided not to show the... We, it I has think we're another, just going to move on. It has another instance of like a boost ramp to use off-road immunity, just like the Moo Moo Meadows, and it's called the King Alex Strat, but yeah. So here's Coconut Mall. Um, this trick abuses some collision detection bugs in the game. Uh, we don't really know how to explain it that well. Um, so we get I, a low I trick. had a theory recently, but so, this is the one track that seems to break the theory. 
Yeah, so we end up hitting that wall and we get enough backwards momentum basically to go through a solid wall underneath the escalator and now we're out of bounds. Um, here we're triggering the lap in front of the finish line because we need to um, follow the 95% rule that I mentioned earlier. And uh, by doing so, we can hit the last key checkpoint. If we do it early enough, we can actually get a lap count and we can drive straight into the finish line with a 30 second time. Um, so this is actually what I'm, I'm helping to work on right now. Um, so far, we have a 30.000 and we haven't been able to improve it further to go under 30 seconds. But um, I just found another improvement on the, the last turn of uh, lap two. So hopefully we're able to you know, get a good lap three, uh, given that faster turn. And uh, we'll see a 29 second time. Is it easy to splice on lap three if you make that lap two improvement or does all the pixels and subpixels mess it up yeah be because of the quantum mechanics and you know our sub pixel is ever so slightly different um we we can't you know just copy paste inputs but we can always look at our ghost we can race against a ghost and try to recreate what that does um but yeah it's 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 very very hard to do uh i would say so hopefully we're able to get a good lap three, but we can't guarantee it right now. Um, so we'll see. Do you have a Taz where you can actually physically see the ghost while you're Tazzing? Or do you more use scripts and numbers to check how you're going? Um, yeah, so we were able to race against ghosts in the game and there is a built-in, or not built-in, what am I talking about? Somebody made a cheat code called the task code. Um, and so you can copy ghost inputs up until a certain t uh, point in time, and then you can essentially detach from the ghost and start, you know, taking over control and racing against it. So that's what we do for the most part. But um, in this scenario, um, we have the 30.000 time, and I improved the last turn of lap two. Um, and I just wanted to save my progress. I wanted to save the improved turn. So what we can do now is we can use the Lewis script to. Um, playback my inputs while racing the 30.000 and then what we can do is we can race lap three and try to recreate what he does on lap three um, and so far that seems like the best course of actions to to try to improve the last lap nice well i hope you get the sub 30 soon it does sound very promising mm -hmm. all right so um we are going to show off the coconut mall no glitch task um i think that's one of the most entertaining no glitch tasks i would say um, yeah. this was made by luke luke is an amazing runner so this double banister trick he's doing was thought to be like so hard that one person thought the first person to do it was cheating <laughs> <laughs> and to be quite frank yeah it is it is very hard to do it's a lot of just quantum mechanics and stuff Uh, you'll see coming up right here, he's going to do another wall trick, yeah. get propelled forward, eliminate a lot of airtime. And then he does something that we overlooked for a long time. He hits the boost pad on the left-hand side before we're just taking a tight turn and passing it up. Um, no idea why people overlook that. <laughs> he's kind of hitting the invisible wall to propel him downward to reduce airtime there. And additionally, you don't see um, 
you normally don't see human runners go down the middle there. Um, they usually go to the right and go for the boost panel. But because you can get all those tricks with a really small amounts of airtime, uh, that ends up being faster overall. Yeah, he touches this boost ramp or pad. Something I'll mention, there's what's called a slip drift is when you get a drift without having the hop, and it just comes from like a small amount of airtime. Um, and so he utilizes a slip drift near the end of the lap. I'll point it out when it comes up. So up here, he smacks that wall, wall in boost, so it doesn't slow him down. And then the little airtime he gets from smacking the wall allows him to enter a slip drift. And slip drifts are great because they allow you to charge your mini turbo faster because there's less airtime. There's less hop time. That movement was very satisfying in that level. I love all the uh, wall, push wall pushes that he's getting. Yeah. yeah. It must be very difficult think, to get those without bonking. I think execution-wise, like that's honestly one of the one of the more entertaining tasks, as I would say. Definitely. Some of the wall some of the wall pushes are purely like aesthetic purposes like one of the turns he hits the wall and it doesn't slow him down and it doesn't really make him go faster either it's like a cheeky thing like look at me i can hit the wall without speed loss <laughs> <laughs> yeah it reminds me a lot of tazes will get one pixel away from an enemy that would kill them and stuff as well mm -hmm. i think uh up next is a uh, dk summit or dk's snowboard cross on the european version i'm not sure why the names are different and I would definitely say this is one of the more impressive uh, tasks execution-wise as well. So this this track's gone full circle with vehicles. We started with Flame Runner for the longest time. Then the author, Zach, said, no, Spear is faster. And then he discovered wheelie triggers, which we'll see right now. He's wheeling while tricking. Um, so he said, that, okay, actually, Flame Runner's faster. <laughs> and then he's realized that Spear's faster again, just because of this new strategy of doing the shortcut. So we'll probably mention the shortcut coming up. You originally had to drift into it, but now um, if you hit this ramp, this boost ramp to his right, right here, the act of like pressing down on the analog stick turns you to the right so much that you don't have to drift into that shortcut. You can just take that ramp and it aligns you perfectly. In any case, before Spear had a lot of trouble doing that shortcut, the drift method. And now with that new tra uh, strategy, Spear has no trouble at all. So Spear is faster again on this course. Yeah, the human wheel record is able to do what we call like a non-stop um, double shortcut where I don't know if that's even the way to describe it. They don't go down to the path below. They're able to, you know, just drift right off and then bounce on the edge before going into the, the chasm right there. But yeah, the way the task does it is absolutely insane. That was another really good one. So what's the go with them riding up at the very top of those half pipes? 
Malia. Oh, that's uh, yeah. So what he's able to do is essentially stick to the the side of the half pipe. Um, so that that blue, um, the blue strip on the top of the half pipe that has the arrows on it. Th- those are what we call a uh, blue zippers. And when you go off of those and you land back down, you get a temporary speed boost. Um, it's it's not as long of a speed boost from from ramps would, uh, as as ramps would give you, but um, he essentially is going up the zipper and down the zipper incredibly fast as he goes around the uh, entire turn. And yeah, so he's able to maintain. Uh, is he wheeling during that, Derek, or would that only be about like a hundred kilometers an hour as he's going he's, through he's the turn? He's wheeling during it, so he's yeah. doing one hundred and twenty. Okay, so yeah, one hundred twenty units per frame or yeah units per per second or whatever as as he goes around the entire turn over um just drifting around that entire turn that and it ends up saving a tremendous amount of time sorry throughout the turn he's probably doing a little bit of drifting and a little bit of wheeling as well so yeah oh okay yeah it saves, saves a tremendous amount of time over just drifting through the turn normally yeah i thought i saw it hitting 120 as well so whatever he was doing it must have been good uh, I'd imagine it would let you cut it, cut the corner a tiny bit tighter too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you mentioned about the European version being used for that. Is there any differences? Oh, I'm sorry. No, I just, I just briefly mentioned that because the name is different on that course between, uh, between regions. Um, I'm not sure why. Um, it's DK Summit on the American, or the, I'm sorry, the, the North American release. But for the European version, the PAL version, it's DK Snowboard Cross. Not not really <laughs> sure so why, weird. but yeah. I don't know why they always change the names. Um, yeah, is is there many region differences though between them? Um, I actually don't know of any region differences. Um, gameplay wise, um, do you yeah, know of any, Derek? Of. Not not that I can think of. Um, the only thing I've noticed this is kind of weird, but especially in maybe older versions of Dolphin, there was a strange difference between PAL and and ntsc the hop sound was very different oh, i remember that okay. and one time i started tazzing on the pal sound because i on the pal because i enjoyed the sound of the hop on pal <laughs> <laughs> but i think it was just an emulator inaccuracy the to yeah, get fixed over time it was probably yeah. just an emulator thing <laughs> <laughs> all right and um does pal run at 60 frames a second on this game as well yes yeah cool yeah, it's a bit later, so they probably yeah got their act together with that silly fifty <laughs> frames a second stuff. Can't stand that. Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, very good. So, what's our next track coming up? All right, so this is going to be the uh, fourth, the the fourth ultra shortcut in this game. Uh, it's on Warriors Goldmine. Um, so again, we're going to be going from key checkpoint zero back to the last key checkpoint. Um, you can actually turn around, bounce off of these pipes, and pop back up. Uh, we go into the last key. Actually, no, that's a little bit of a lie. We actually have to go inside part of the cave. Um, there's some additional trigger there that doesn't entirely have to do with checkpoints. Um, think you might, Derek might know more. Um, I believe this um, pass was no, made by him. I think that's where. Yeah, that was made by me. That that is where the fourth checkpoint is, and we're we're okay. smacking the wall past the checkpoint. But the act of smacking the wall like gives us enough air and we use that air to propel ourselves all the way to the fourth checkpoint. Yeah, that way we can uh charge up a mini turbo earlier and release it faster by the time we land turn around completely. I really love those wall smacks. Yeah. 
So you said about hitting the checkpoint with them, Derek? Yeah, yeah. So we're we're utilizing that wall for two things. One, to charge a mini turbo. And so we want to make sure we hit it in a way so that we actually charge a standstill mini turbo. We're also using the wall to like jump ourselves into the checkpoint as opposed to just aiming towards the checkpoint, slowing down in it, and then turning around. That actually takes a lot more time than just instantly bringing ourselves to zero speed, put ourselves in a standstill scenario, and then also turning around is faster too. Like the like physically rotating the bike around is quicker as well. I love when stuff like that ends up being faster for turning around. Yeah, and the same thing is actually used on the pole at the finish line as well. We hit the pole at the finish line to put ourselves in standstill. When you're in standstill, your bike rotates very quickly, and then we rotate ourselves to align for the glitch again. That was a strategy discovered by Deadly Frame Dumps. Mm, Yeah, that's very interesting to hear. It reminds me of like my strategy for a lot of um, Gran Turismo Need for Speed games used to be just to ride the wolves rather than trying to actually take the corner. So it kind of reminds me of that sort of thing. I love it when it's actually faster. One thing I'll mention about that, that especially the pole, the finish line pole and crashing into it just like at the wall. It's the one thing I think is holding back a cart from having the Taz world record here. Um, a bike can do this pull clip, but carts cannot. But otherwise, if carts can, they could be just straight up faster than the bike. Oh, wow. Are there any other instances where carts are faster? In real time, carts are faster on Rainbow Road. But sadly, Taz allows us to do lots of things that humans cannot. So it ends up being faster with bikes anyway. <laughs> oh, poor carts. <laughs> Um, is there any interest in testing the carts to see how fast they are, or do you basically just pick the fastest thing and go with that for all your testing? That's what well, uh, I... that's what Dylan's doing right now, Dwayne Um B. Um, he's yeah. he's focusing right now on cart tasks, and they're cool to watch, but not it doesn't have as people aren't as interested in cart tasks. I don't think just because that's not the meta. That's not what people are used to, you know, playing with and uh, and watching. Um, so it's that might be I part of the drawback. With. Yeah, I actually started with cart tazes a long time ago, and then I started doing bike ones. I just enjoyed watching cart tazes more than bike, and then eventually changed my mind, and now I enjoy both. But I think the course that maybe bike and cart come the closest, besides Goldmine Glitch, is DK Summit. We mm-hmm. theorize a 140-second time to be possible on DK Summit with cart. That could be a good way for new people to join the Tazzing community as well if they want to try out some cart Tazzing, get some Taz records. I'm not sure yeah. if you guys would agree, but I mean, that's probably where yeah. I go. On the other hand, you do want to compare to the bike times to make sure you're not missing any speed tag. Yeah. It's a fine mm-hmm. balance. Yeah. Alrighty, what's that next one we're going to look at? So we're going to show off a work in progress of the Wario's Goldmine No Glitch tasks. Um, I think progress is slow just because of quantum mechanics trying to deal with the bats, as you're going to see. Um, and I'm, I'm sure Derek can explain that when we get to it. Um, yeah. So he's able to get a slip drift here. How do you describe that, what he just did there, Derek? He drifted um, to the so, right and then went left. So he was able to get a slip drift in the first place. If you drift, or sorry, if you wheelie fast on it, enough after your start boost you just get this little bounce that allows you to 
Yeah. So I'll just mention what he did there is he bumped into a bat, which normally slows you down to 50. Very slow. However, a long time ago, I found that it's possible to hit the bat and have it preserve your speed completely. I call it the bat clip. And no one believed me that it would be faster until he finally, this guy, Gisbert, finally showed it was faster. But yeah, back to the startup thing. He does that slip drift to the right from this wheelie thing and then uses another drift to cut over that chasm. Yeah, it's a very intense Taz to make. I think this might be one of the hardest to do in terms of execution. Do you know how long he's been working on it for? I mean, years, but not like on. He works on it on and off. Uh, probably several, you know, twenty hours more than that, forty hours maybe. The the bat clip especially is a very precise trick. There's more than just quantum mechanics. There's the like the location uh, vertically of the bats affects it as well. And he's trying to work on the bat clip lap two, and we just don't even know if it's possible. And so he's kind of at an impasse right now. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing it done eventually. And hopefully hopefully, once he's done the first lap, the other two will be a little bit easier to get done. So the next track is going to be Daisy Circuit. Um, yeah, no, no ultra shortcut or anything, but the lines on this task are pretty impressive. This was made by a, a tasser named Monster. Who's a um, recent, so, he's a new addition to the community. Yeah, he kind of came out of nowhere and he's, he's really good. I would say he helped work on uh, Luigi's circuit no glitch and he helped out a lot with uh, the Luigi circuit super grind task. So these cones reduce your speed, but they also make you take turns tighter. So there's a balance of hitting cones and not hitting cones. So this turn coming right up here, you can release your mini turbo and go into another drift and you get enough air time to uh, be able to bounce over the uh, the dirt. And I think these cones respawn every every lap just about. Yeah, so he, he has to hit them every time. Yeah. Um, in, in an actual race against other people, I'm pretty sure those cones stay uh, wherever you move them to. If, or you if you hit them, them at out. a slow enough speed, it actually just moves them, like it slides them, and then they stay in that position forever. Okay. Yeah, as far as I, I think, like there's there's no way to manipulate to await it for the game to think that you hit them slower so that they move out of the way instead of disappearing. <laughs> but yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the consistency on that too, lap two and three are only 0. 0.003 seconds off. Yeah, very good run. Mm-hmm. Mm, that was good. I wonder, um, it would be funny if it was worth slowing down really slow to hit the cones on the first lap so that lap two and three would be faster. Yeah, unfortunately not. <laughs> um, that is that is worth to do on uh, for setting up the, the fast lap tasks. Yeah. Um, yeah, before you go into the second lap to do the fastest lap, uh, you would move the cones out of the way. Yeah, I'm not sure how much time that saves by doing that, but it is helpful. The speed yeah. was dropping quite a bit, so it looks like it would yeah. save a lot. Mm -hmm. 
All right. Okay. Um, so I think up next we have uh, Koopa Cape. Um, this task is fairly old, I think. It might be from 2014, but it's still pretty impressive. There is still some time to shave off. but So he was able to do rapid fire hop abuse there to stick a little bit lower. He uses it here as well um, and on the next ramp. So he can release a mini turbo and wheelie, and he's able to get enough airtime to cut off a lot of that turn. That. He it does looks hit a lot slower for a while, but it yeah. is very fast. So that strategy, we used to just skip less of that thing and then land on waterfall immediately as opposed to off-road. This strategy of cutting off more but landing on off-road saves a second maybe, maybe even more. This time has uh, gone down a lot thanks to Zach here. He, he used to be in around a 216, and then Zach said, no, 210 is possible. The, uh, the strats when you go into this uh, pipe section as well, it's really bizarre. Um, no human you know, does something like this. You ride up on the side of the wall. Um, and then to, and then to redirect your angle and face the right way, you have, you, have to, you have to hop a bunch. And the hop timing is like, it's seemingly random. I mean, it, there's probably some specifics of when you need to do it, but we, we don't have the pattern like memorized, for example. Zach might have the pattern memorized. Yeah, and he, he hops right before there. hitting that ramp. Yeah, just to get a little bit less air time. And then I guess what's coming up here again, you could probably categorize this as a wall trick. He hits the side to get like no air time, and he also gets a trick. Yep. And there you have it. And again, um, at the start of this race, he wasn't able to do a slide to the right or anything because uh, I, I think it has to do with the fact that the road is sloped upwards, yes. so you're not, you're not able to slide at all. Yeah, that's as far as I know as well. Yeah, that was a very good one. I, I like that he said 210 is possible and then got a 210. <laughs> um, yeah. So... I noticed as well, lap two and three were quite different in timing. Do you know what might be causing such a variation? Oh, because uh, in lap three, he gets to align just straight towards the finish line as opposed to aligning towards the ramp at the beginning of the next lap. Uh, There's no next lap to worry about. And that will be often the case. Like lap three will often be faster. And then depending on the course, it could be very faster. Yeah, that's something I find funny about watching racing game Tazzes. I always expect lap two and three to be at the same time, but that's often definitely not the case. Yeah. Yeah. And then lap one is always slower because you um you start behind the finish line and you start at zero speed and the speed up you get, like the boost you get at the beginning doesn't save time. It's straight up slower. It's very slow acceleration actually. Yeah, I think you usually end up losing uh like point two seconds. Um yeah. just because of you're starting behind the finish line for lap one. Yeah, looked like it matched that one there as well. The next one we're going to show off is Maple Treeway uh, Glitch. This task was um, 
it was released at the beginning of uh, 2019, so that's relatively new. Um, we start off by going backwards. We're going to drive out of bounds. Um, we're gonna. This, this is an ultra shortcut, so we're going to stay within key checkpoint zero, and we're going to skip past key checkpoint one. You can clip this tree, maintain enough height, clip this wall, go up to the shortcut path, drive to the cannon. So because we skipped past key checkpoint one, and it still thinks we're in key checkpoint zero, um, we can actually go off this little ramp right here, cut off the entire um, path around and up the tree, and make our or make our way to the finish line, and it counts lap. Rapid fire hop abuse there to get a low trick. And that, that strategy going into the out-of-bounds section where we, we did a, what we call a spin drift to the left, um, bounce off that wall. Um, I think a taster by the name of RS Extreme, uh, who, who helped work on this, um, he, he ended up finding that, and it's so impressive. Um, it's unlike anything a human would ever do. I, I forget how much time it saves. You want to explain low cannon tricks? Oh, yeah. Um, I call it a low cannon trick. So if you see, we hit the wall right before we went into the cannon. That causes a significant drop in our speed. Um, and that causes us to get released from the cannon at a much lower speed. And we end up losing airtime a lot faster as well, I'm pretty sure. Um, and that it just allows you to align just, better. Yeah, it's, it just gives you a much better alignment for the, the, the path towards the ramp. Um, and so this was an improvement of... Uh, I think okay. it was five seconds. Yeah, yeah, five five point two seconds or something over my previous record. Um, and I I aimed to beat it. I was gonna work on it by myself. I aimed to beat that record by about two seconds because I knew some things could be done faster. But then you know I had five other people say like, "Hey, can I help out?" And we ended up having like one of the this. I think this was the first major um collaboration in Mario Kart Wii tasking. Um, and, you know, thanks to those people, we helped shave it down by an additional three seconds. And I can say this is probably one of the most optimal ultra shortcut tasks out there. Definitely. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you can manage to coordinate six people to work on it. That's really impressive. Mm -hmm. um, we are in different time zones, I believe. Um, I know Thomas and Swear are uh, European. Forget if Rocky is. I think yeah, I think Rocky's, Rocky's European. European. Yeah, so we have three Europeans and we have three Americans. So um, it ends up working out well, so that you know we we can get a lot of work done within uh within twenty four hours. Um, and yeah, between like sending off um, the the run back and forth, we can always track. We can always tell you know who's farther ahead, just because we can always be racing against the current best ghost. And so whoever has an improvement. We'll send that off to other people. We'll try to get another improvement, and you know, we just keep going. Yeah, that definitely makes it better with um, different time zones and stuff. And yeah, it, it just really impresses me that you can coordinate that. But uh, uh -huh. yeah, it's it's really great to see that many people working on it as well. Though it's really nice to see that too, seeing as how um, like Mario Kart, we had a really long stretch where you know it wasn't very active there weren't a lot of people you know participating and making new records um but you know 2019 is kind of like the revival for mario kart we tassing um i don't know how many runs we've how many records we've already beaten um this year i, I know we have at least probably like seven or eight um new records just from from this year i think that might that might be yeah. a little bit of an overestimate but there's quite wow. a few yeah 
Oh, that's huge. That's really good to hear. And we still got more coming for the rest of the year, so that'll be exciting. Nice. Looking forward to it. So what's our next song coming up? So um, we feel that the, the glitch on Maple Treeway li- leaves out a lot of the normal strats for the no glitch category. So we'll be showing uh, this off. It's by a tasser named Lame Join. So this is the normal shortcut path you would take. Um, and like I mentioned earlier, Thomas found a way to skip um, you know, going up to the actual shortcut path and just land on the path right before the cannon by doing a wall clip. But yeah, that was that was deemed um I still don't know if we if we're all in a, in agreement of what it is. I'm not sure. It was actually Lame Join that found it a very long time ago, but we mm-hmm. we we threw his idea out. We were like, "No, that's a glitch." So here's a wall trick here. It's very and very appealing. What he what he did before the wall trick, I'll re-explain that uh on the next lap. Yeah. Uh, I think and there's yeah, there's another wall trick as well. Um now, you might notice that that ramp strategy where he did a wall trick, that was not what we did for the glitch category. And um, they, they, they're they roughly the same like speed, um, but I think the rapid fire hop abuse on the ramp for us just ended up giving us a better angle for the entry into the out of bounds area. Um, so he can ab- abuse the gravity mechanics on that tree trunk by taking the turn really wide and he can cut off uh, that turn right there. Um, he has to land pretty wide, though. Um, he has to land pretty wide to make sure he hits the checkpoint. Um, otherwise, it won't count the lap if you take it too tightly. I'm going to point out something after the cannon. It's pretty pretty absurd. He's drifting left on a right drift. <laughs> so coming right up here, he's drifting left on a right drift. And so apparently drifting right there makes you turn wider. And it makes you take a sharper turn to drift to the left. <laughs> and that sometimes makes sense on a cart. It has never made sense on a bike. And yeah, like, that's, that's definitely one of the most bizarre insane. things I've seen. There you have it. That's a very good one. I'm very surprised yeah. at how close it is to ultra shortcut comparatively um yeah yeah. um just for the ultra shortcut category because we have to go out of bounds um do all the shenanigans with the clipping the tree just to land back on the track before the cannon the the major time save just comes from cutting off the upper tree area um so because we have to set up everything for the ultra shortcut it doesn't save um as much time as you'd think but um to compare against the the real time glitch record, I think the glitch time we ha- like our glitch task is about thirty five seconds faster than human record. Um, just for some comparison. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what the human no glitch um time is. Oh. I, I haven't followed regular time trials in a while. It might be a two fourteen or a two fifteen. I want to say. I don't know if that's an overestimate. Yeah, I think it's around a two fifteen, maybe. Okay. I can check that right now. 215.639. Okay. So so he's he's just under 10 seconds ahead for the no glitch run. Yeah. I really did enjoy the uh left drift right drift thing. That was funny. 
It look it sounds so counterintuitive, but yeah, it's it works somehow. That's the good thing about having so many eyes on a game as well, because you've got so many people looking at it. Some of them might try counterintuitive stuff that you wouldn't think of. Definitely. Yeah. So I think up next we're going to show off the Grumble Volcano task. Um, it's okay. this is an ultra shortcut. So right at the beginning, he's going to turn around to the left side um, and shroom up to the rock. We can use this rock to go around um, the finish line checkpoint, and we can just come out right at the last key checkpoint of the map and just do that over and over again. And then we can use our shroom right into the finish line. Um, so a couple of things to mention. Uh, this has been improved, but it's not released yet. Um, I don't know if they want us saying what the what kind of an improvement it is, um, but it's it's very it's very significant for a track this short. Um, and then in addition, um, the bit bike was used. Um, the bit bike's actually the wrong vehicle to use for this, and they improved it with a with a the Quacker, which has um, a better acceleration stat, I think, and uh, it's an inward drifting bike instead of an outward drift like the bit bike. So because of that, you can you can use the quacker to go around the the rock um, a little bit faster. Therefore, um, but I think the bit bike was used just because it has the best ha uh, handling stat, which is uh, turning uh, without being in a drift. That's that's how uh, how tight your turning radius is. So that's what the human record does, just because the bit bike uh, the handling boost is so much better for for human runs. So with um, using Baby Mario, that's mainly for acceleration and handling stuff that they do that. Yeah, I yeah. think I think Baby Mario is a, an accelerate. No, I forget. It's either acceleration or handling boost. I forget which one he has. He's definitely got handling. Uh -huh. And with the end of it, I noticed that they go straight at the finish line. That was that seemed really weird to me. I thought it would be better to keep going around the rock. I guess they do get to boost at the finish line though. Yeah, that always looks a little bit slow. I think it's just because you can you can use the mushroom a lot earlier. Um, al although you do have to, you know, end up taking a, a wider turn than you would like. Um, I think because you have that speed boost, it's it's ultimately faster to to do that. Yeah, this game loves counterintuitive fast stuff. I like it. Yeah, especially especially if you notice he drifted to the right, but that was for a left drift. Yeah, um, he drifted to the right, but it on an outward drift, it temporarily gives you like leftward propulsion. So he uses the right yeah. drift to make himself go to the left. <laughs> I'm sensing but a theme that's, here. <laughs> that's that's a common theme on outward drifting bikes. But that's the crazy thing about the previous course is it's not an outward drifting bike. So why does that work at all? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, the next one we're going to show off is dry dry ruins. Um, this is one of the most impressive. Uh, courses to to watch i would say um i know derek previously worked on this but it's since been improved by a tasser named michi yeah i i held the world record for a while and then michi said you're wrong about the vehicle choice here faster <laughs> <laughs> and this shroom strat's a lot different than what humans do if you notice he used the the shroom to cut off the uh the turn right after uh the bridge there's a um, reason why yeah, Spear's awful at taking that turn um, instead of using the shroom. And here, he's able to get up to this shortcut path without, without using the mushroom. So that's yeah. why he's able to use the other mushroom for something else. So you can see here, like, yeah, he has to take the turn pretty kind of, wide. He, yeah, he made it work out well. 
Um, we made it work pretty well. And this is why I didn't want to try using Spear. I just didn't think it would be faster at all when I made my run. My run was a collaboration with uh, Gisbert, who is working on the Wario's Gold Mine No Glitch. So yeah, approaching that that uh that gap right there, if you do it at the right angle, um you can get a enough airtime to completely cut off that last turn. Yep. Right angle and then there's some quantum mechanics involved. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how to explain this. Um if you trick at the right angle and cancel your wheelie at the right time, you can stick to the wall th- um through the turn. Yep. So this this is like one of the most prevalent quantum mechanics things that Temple Exit Rapid Fire Hop which sends them down at such a downward angle. When I first found that strategy, I didn't find it, but when I first was trying to do it took me like 10 hours. And now that I know how to do it, it takes like five minutes. And it's just such a massive pain with the pixel you have to be at to start the, the Rapid Fire Hop. Yeah, that sounds like it would be very precise to do that level. And the uh, stick to the wall was really nice to see. I've been noticing as well with the, uh, like, what's up with the timers in these test videos? Oh, oh sometimes the timer shows our speed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I thought it might have been something weird like that. Yeah, and that's that's just a, a what we call a gecko code. Um it's it's just a cheat code that you can use, um, and it just replaces the milliseconds with uh, an address in the game that represents our speed. Yeah. And now that we have like Lewis scripting and other things, we just show off our speed somewhere else. Nice. Yeah, I thought that looked weird. Uh, does it still sync without the gecko code on? Um, oh yes, yes. Um, that's that's one thing that we we focus on a lot. Um, these tasks, we want them to be console verifiable, so. We don't want to, you know, violate the integrity of the the playback of the ghost data. So yeah, even if you don't have the cheat code enabled, uh, the ghost is back fine. Um, uh, this is also one thing I'd like to touch on as well. Um, there's there's a rapid fire hop cheat code that we actually use on. Um, I used on Luigi Circuit because it it makes, um, you know, it makes hopping thirty times per second a lot a lot more efficient. Um, but it's important to note that you can play back the ghost without using that cheat code. It's not the best way to think about the code is that it's intercepting the input sent from the controller to the the game before the game understands what's being pressed. Um, so all the button inputs are still valid. It's just that they're being changed uh, between the GameCube controller and when the game is interpreting it. So it kind of intercepts it like an auto fire controller would, or something like that. Yeah, I think that's the best way of putting it. Now, most Tazers might ask us, why don't you just right-click the jump button in Taz input? And the answer is, uh, sometimes that doesn't accurately hop every other frame. That might have been fixed recently, but as far as I, I think know, it's it been, doesn't... I think it's been fixed actually. Okay, um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's it's just it's just easier, especially when you're dealing with super grinding. I would say. Um, yeah, and it led to the um, analog stick thing as well. Yeah, that's one thing I forgot to mention. Uh, I hope it's okay that we're explaining this really late. But um, also with super grinding, uh, when you're turning to the right um, or to the left, I guess, if there's a scenario like that that presents itself, um, when you're turning, um, you actually have to alternate the analog stick back to neutral every other frame uh, in phase with the hop button being pressed on and off. 
Um, otherwise, you're you rotate too much, and that's going to cause you to pop out of the out of the floor a lot sooner. So you won't be able to super grind for as long. Yeah, that was sorry. So, sorry so for weird. that late explanation. I'm, I'm sure yeah, a lot of people have seen the video anyway. So yeah, that's all right. Uh, with rapid hop as well, I was wondering earlier as well about pause buffering. It is that a thing? Could you hop faster if you pause buffered it, like BLJs? I don't I don't think you can use the like in-game pause, but if you press the Wii home menu, it might be possible. I think because I think there's some if you press the pause button, like the in-game pause button, it prevents you from like inputting inputting certain things. And you definitely can't like repause every other frame. But you might be able to Wii home menu every other frame. So Yeah, like when you when you close out of the pause menu in-game, um you can't repause until like maybe half a second later. So you would already have to have done 15 um, hops before you're allowed to pause again. So yeah, I don't, I don't think it would be useful. The Wii menu though is a good idea, but I don't know how effective that would be. Okay. And that probably stops people from pause buffering it in real time as well. Yeah. And then the <laughs> real time community is kind of strange. Like they have possibly that, you know, they maybe have the capability of pause buffering or Wii home buffering rapid fire hop, but they've, chosen to instead just ban Wii home buffering from being used in real time runs so it's kind of strange i didn't i didn't actually know there was a official like jurisdiction on that <laughs> yeah i think a similar thing happened in dk64 about a year ago as well with the wii u home menu interesting okay. yeah people don't like the wii home menus i guess <laughs> <laughs> all righty what have we got coming up next all right, uh, we're going to move on to the Moonview Highway. Um, this this is anxiety-inducing. Uh, he's going to be dodging cars left and right. Um, it's pretty similar to the human record, I would say. There's nothing too crazy. Um, I will triple say... Trick yeah, triple trick at the beginning. Um, I forget if the shroom strategy is different. I think the shroom strategy is actually different than the human record. And this is different. Um, normally, mm -hmm. the human uh, human records go all the way to the left um, when entering the highway after the toll plaza. But Luke actually stays to the right. Um, and here, he's he's getting those drifts by getting a really minute amount of airtime that allows him to, to pull off a slip drift. So yeah, he does the triple trick again. Here this he goes to the, left. to the left. I have no idea why. <laughs> I think it just has to do with the the angle at which he was approaching the the sure. the toll plaza because um, to avoid the the one milk truck or whatever the fruit truck um, on the turn after the triple trick, he had to go. He had to he had to fix his uh, alignment. So, so I guess it just set him up bad at the beginning there because if he. If he does too well, he'll end up crashing into a car later on. Yeah, so, so that's actually right an interesting there. that's an interesting point to mention. Uh, right here, this blue car that's limiting improvement um, for this track. Um, there, there is going to be a hard limit, unfortunately, unless we we think of something different. For the longest time, we were stuck at a 142, and then finally, Luke used some interesting strategies and the shroom strategy to get a 141. It's a shame that there's a hard limit coming up on it. Um, with the toll gates, is it possible to bonk into them, or do they always open as you're approaching? 
they always open. open. Oh, that's yeah. good. And I'm, I'm not even sure if there's a solid hitbox um, on the, I forget what you call it, the arm that goes up. I don't think there's a solid hitbox. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, it almost looked to me for a second like he was just barely making it before it opened, but that makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's the same toll booths on DK uh, Summit. Oh, yeah, right before the cannon. Um, next, we're going to show off Bowser's Castle. Um, uh, the first shortcut, I don't think it's categorized as an ultra shortcut, but then there's an additional shortcut that I don't think is categorized as an ultra shortcut that was found uh, relatively recently. So he's able to hop off the side or drift off the... No, no. He's able to wheelie off the side of the ramp at the beginning and get a really low trick that propels you forward. I guess it's categorized as a wall trick. Yeah. He does some strange thing there where he's like not wheeling and somehow it's faster. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah, so that wall that he just went through, it doesn't have a solid hitbox. So if you just go up the side of that that uh, boost ramp, you can just drive right through the wall and uh, skip so the giant example, spiral. Yeah, that's an example of a glitch that's not quite an ultra shortcut, but we'd still put this in like the glitch category. So over there, he's using side trick abuse all over the place. If you watch carefully on his speed, it you know goes up to 109. So again, he does this really strange thing where he doesn't wheelie, and I can't remember why they said it was faster, but for whatever reason, it's faster. Up yeah, again, he's doing wall tricks here. Wall trick right here. Saving his shrooms for a very special strategy at the very end. So I'd love to see um, our new XYZ speed um, on this run because something amazing happens on the last lap at the very end. We think he goes well above the normal speed cap. Um, like so this yeah, game, the th yeah, the game seems to think that you can only go at most 120, but we've already demonstrated possibilities of past that with super grinding, for example. So he did rapid fire half abuse there, but he stopped it right before he hit the ramp, and that causes you to get eject out, ejected out of the floor with a lot of airtime. And he uses his mushrooms, drifts to the left, and flies through a wall that doesn't have a hitbox, and he's able to cut off the last turn. Yeah. And then he, the, the one thing that impressed me, too, is he, he hit the side of the wall towards the end. It got so much momentum redirected to the left. Yeah. Wow, that was really cool. So you need all three mushrooms to do that trick at the end, do you? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Far it's, out. It's, it's so close to be able to pull it off. Um, and yeah, because of the rapid fire hop abuse required, um, I don't think that's never going to be done by a human. I don't think. Hmm. Yeah, and the ramp before the uh, wall clip that was on all the laps was so weird as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Coming up next, we have the infamous Rainbow Road. Here we go. Um, yeah, so this, this is an improvement from a, a task that was made, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong, Derek, but I think he, Esteloy made it in 2014. I mean, he made it like a week or two after the gli glitch was discovered. Yeah. So he, so this task was made by RS Extreme. Um, 
So he drifted on like the side of the, the downward path and was able to wheelie off of that and get a lot of momentum to cut off the first turn. Um, this shroom strat is different from humans. Um, like Derek mentioned a lot earlier, um, it's best to use your shrooms um, if you don't have anywhere else to use them, uh, to use them while you're drifting. Yep. Here you can do a little bit of a turn skip, and he goes to the side because the road is flat on the, uh, the left side, and he can do rapid fire hop abuse there to get a low trick. Um, it's, it's really bumpy in the middle. Um, it's hard to get a really good rapid fire uh, hop low trick there. This turn skips nuts. I love watching it every single time. <laughs> That's basically the strat that car uh, carts do. They're able to cut off that first turn, but since yeah. we have a way to do that with a bike, um, uh, the bikes just dominate on this course for tasses. Um, so the glitch is going to require two shrooms, so you'll see he's not going to use one here. Um, what's nice, though, is since he used the shroom so late, when he goes to make a no-glitch task, he can just um, use the the beginning of the ghost up to the middle of lap two for the no glitch time. Um, so here he's able to hit the solid wall right here, uh, turn around, do a spin drift, drift to the right, and just barely land by the end of the track. And it counts the lap because you're going from key checkpoint zero to the last uh, key checkpoint of the game. And and there you go. Um, I did. I I helped work on the the glitch itself. Um, and it's funny to note that this, uh, the lap three is faster than my fast lap time because his turnaround strategy was so much faster um, where he hit the wall um, to cancel all of his forward momentum and then did a standstill and turned around. It's, it's crazy to see that in full speed. That's the first time I've seen that run. That was incredible. <laughs> that's so impressive. Yeah. Wow. And that's again, a that's one. a seven second improvement over the, the current record. Um, we're trying to we're trying to improve enough to get under a 145, but it's gonna it's gonna be close. We'll see when it's actually finished. The um, even the no glitch stuff in the first two laps was so cool to see. Just kind of like the front wheel on the track and then the back of the bike completely hanging off. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, and the yeah the skip is amazing. That's a really good one. Mm -hmm. So the next one we're gonna show off is a. Uh, peach beach from oh yeah we're, we're moving on to retro tracks now so tracks that were um, recreated from older mario kart games um so this track is going to abuse a lot of wall clipping um you'll see we can uh skip uh one checkpoint he's not skipping through a key checkpoint so it's still going to count as lap i believe i was the one that actually did that first wall clip there but he made oh, okay. everything else on the run and here you can do a non-stop clip um, with this tree and land um, right underneath the finish line. So that process of uh, landing, you hit the ground with a lot of, you know, and you also crash into the wall and then you can like do some hops and it like preserves your speed a lot. So you'll see it again here. Sends them to the side very fast. It got really lucky with the uh, the water cycle. It wasn't high tide. Yeah. Otherwise, that probably would have cost it some time. Is the water cycle, um, does it always start in the same spot when you start the race? Yeah. Yeah, it's consistent. Oh, that's um, and so you'll see um, in the no glitch records, um, yeah, people will have to 
coordinate their mushroom usage uh, to you know to to counter like when the when the high tide comes. Oh uh, yeah, that would be lots of trial and error. I'd imagine be kind of frustrating to test it. I would think. Oh yeah. Um, I guess at this point we've it's gotten an optimally enough where like we we know where the where the water cycles are going to be and when. But yeah, there's definitely a lot of trial and error there involved. Yeah, definitely. Are there any um, global cycles that aren't the same when you start the race or any RNG or anything that you have to deal with? Not that I know um, of. Otherwise, your ghosts wouldn't sync up. Oh, that's well, a really okay, good point. Yeah. Okay, okay. If we're gonna if we're gonna go into this territory, there's I've had it occasionally happen where a ghost on Delfino Square would desync. And I think it has to do with the drawbridge, and I don't know why. I don't think it's oh, RNG, but I don't think it any of us know why it happened. Error. No, it was on console. It was on con- it happens to me oh on console. Oh my god, that's, oh, that's incredible. so weird. <laughs> I don't I don't know why. Um it might be might be my game disc. I don't know if it's happened to other people. I think it has, but anyway. I've seen um, some desyncs in the act of like hitting wigglers on um Maple Treeway, but yeah. Yeah, I've heard of that as well. Thing. I don't know. <laughs> um, but regarding um, if we were to ever make a a Grand Prix TAS, as in you know like racing against com- uh, computer players and actually tassing all thirty two tracks at once, um, I know the the RNG for the race is it can be modified in the middle of the race, but otherwise you can you can modify it in between uh, lo- uh like loading screens in between uh, races. But regarding time trials, there's there's no RNG or anything. Everything's uh everything's cycle based at the start of the race. Um, do you think there would ever be a Grand Prix Tez? like a full game completion? <laughs> We've definitely thought about it, and using the input reader and writer script that I made, we could work on tracks individually, um, and try to you know sew them all together into one recording file. The problem with that is you know desyncs due to different rng you know like we have to avoid getting hit by blue shells you know lightning and stuff like that Um, but i think we could use that as a method um along with some rng manipulation to uh theoretically create a 32 track task we've definitely all had it in the back of our heads that we want to but yeah um yeah i think right now we're still focused on individual levels it's all like inspired from Drew Weatherton's uh, Mario Kart 64 Taz, but the nice thing about that game is the item system is so much better to work with. Like for example, you can actually get mushrooms in first place, and these are not things we can have in Mario Kart Wii. Ah, uh, yeah, that would be pretty rough. I would be interested to see what kind of skips are not possible between time trials and Grand Prix. Then. Mm. Oh, that actually is one interesting thing to bring up. Um, there, yeah, bump fest is what we call it. Um, if you take a really, really light character like um, Toad on the Quacker, and then you have someone like Bowser with the Piranha Prowler, which which is this massive heavyweight cart. Um, and if you if you're playing as Bowser and you use a boost and you ram into into Toad or whatever other uh, lightweight character, uh, if you ram into them into a wall, they will go flying. Um, they can go flying over top of invisible walls. There's actually footage. Um, I'll try to find it and link it of uh, on DK Jungle Parkway before the actual glitch was discovered for time trials. Um, you could you could skip a lap 
um, by being rammed over an invisible wall and hitting the last key checkpoint and skipping the entire course pretty much. <laughs> wow, that sounds like such a good glitch. I'd be interested to see where that could go. Yeah, we haven't experimented with it too much. I, w I, I definitely think there might be other courses that have potential for that. But yeah. Alrighty, what have we got up, Nick? Alright, so uh, first we're going to show off the Mario Raceway uh, three-lap tasks. Um, this was made by a tasser named Grim. So he's able to get enough airtime to get a slip drift right at the beginning. Yeah, most of this track is just going to consist of uh, tight lines avoiding the grass. This shroom spot is very difficult in real time. Mm -hmm. Normally, you wouldn't go in front of the, that first piranha plant. You'd go behind it, um, but it saves a lot of time to go in front of it. So this is a recent optimization of tricking on the left side first and then the right side after, before we do tricks on both the right side. And as you can see, the consistency on this is pretty good, I would say. Um, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know why we, you know, for, for the longest time, we did both tricks on the right side. I'm not sure why that was. The I don't know. I think that there's a theme of we. We overlook things. To, yeah, we overlook things. <laughs> yeah. Um, there, we also have a unreleased. Um, glitch that um yeah we haven't we haven't shown off yet but i'll i'll say it's come about because we've we've overlooked things yeah <laughs> i'm still not sure when we're going to release that um we'll probably wait until we we release a three lap a three lap task on that track uh, to show it off um we're not sure when we'll be done with it though all right so that was mario raceway that was a good one. It's funny that you mentioned that yeah, things get overlooked. I don't think any one person could find all the things, no matter how good they are, really. There's just some stuff that's counterintuitive that you don't think to try. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That's why I'm really glad we have, we have a lot of people in the community that are able to help find stuff like this. Um, yeah. Show the flap. Uh, sure thing. So... Again, like this, the process to like this is slow, um, this entire turn. But once he gets to the straightaway and he passes the finish line, now we're at full speed, um, and he can end the hopping right before he goes off this mountain. Gets a tremendous amount of airtime and is able to skip over the entire uh, turn there. Uh, one interesting thing to mention is that he's using um, the middleweight uh, Funky Kong plus Flame Runner instead of. Oh, I'm sorry, Heavyweight Funky Kong plus Flame Runner instead of uh, Daisy with the mock bike. Um, I think that just comes down to it's it's faster for the super grind. Um, and well, already you're... Funky and Daisy are pretty much tied for this track. Kind yeah, of. but that, that shroom spot, you can only do a Daisy, but since you're aligning, you have such a different angle towards the shroom oh, spot, yeah. you don't need to worry about it either. Yeah, That's a good point. Yeah, it's very good to see super grinding in action there. And uh, so that would be used in a 
full race Taz now the super grand it, it should be discovered. yeah because uh a, a Taz without shrooms is at a certain speed so that I think even with the setup of the super grind it's still faster to do this in a full three lap run oh, oh you think it would be yeah someone is mentioning yeah. it okay I don't know. I just had an assumption in my head that it wouldn't be faster. That's okay. Continuing along with the theme of we tend to overlook things. Um, I think we should look into it. Um, yes, <laughs> and we'll, we'll 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 see if it works out. Um, but yeah, maybe we could even cut off some of that turn, but not all of it, with one shroom going over the mountain. But I don't know how well that would work because then he wouldn't be able to take the normal shroom spot. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Um, so I think next up we're going to show off Sherbetland uh, for the N64. Um, so we're not we're not showing off the the fastest task because the current fastest um, has the video quality is really really low. Um, There's like five pixels. Yeah, um, and optimal task, and neither is this. It's still decently improvable. Um, but it's good to see so, what the glitch does. Yeah. The first thing to note is that um, we're seeing a character that we haven't seen yet, Dry Bowser. Uh, I don't think this is the most optimal character. I think Funky's still better for this track. But um, the argument that Casey made while making this task was that Dry Bowser has a better off-road stat, I believe, um, and a better better drifting stat. So that makes it a lot easier to turn um, and navigate through uh, the ice on this track. Oh, he does the glitch on lap two, right? So... Um, he does a pull clip such that he doesn't land um, inside uh, like the backside of key checkpoint zero. He's able to just barely land behind key checkpoint zero. He backs up to go into key, the last key checkpoint of the lap. And he's able to get the lap count. But yeah, spear driving on, on this course is really silly to watch. Yeah. Um, just because of how wide you end up going for some turns. But, um, if we can manage to get this glitch done with Magic Cruiser, which is a very like good off-road bike, we could save like another two or so seconds. I think the problem just arises because um, the distance you have to cover after clipping the finish line pole, it's, it's so large um, that it really only seems like, like Spear has been able to work so far. But there's definitely some room to, uh, to experiment some more. So that skip can only be done on one of the laps because of the mushroom requirements, right? True, yeah. The mushrooms go away when you fall into the abyss. Oh, do they? Interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah, As that's that's one thing. Mario Kart 64. Yeah. Hmm. And um, with the new Taz, does the new Taz still use Dry Bowser? No. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. It's nice to see some other characters in there, though. I do like when it's not... Yeah, <laughs> when it's different... <laughs> So I guess we can show off Shy Guy Beach now. Um, speaking of characters that we haven't seen, um, not in this task, but um, this track used to go back and forth um, with the human <laughs> record of, w between Toadette and the Magic Cruiser and Funky and the Spear because um, Toadette could go through this grass patch to the left to go a lot tighter. But it ultimately ends up with a Spear being faster. QM hell here. <laughs> yeah. So the most prevalent quantum mechanics is probably on this track where you'll just see him wheelie over these pieces of water, which slow you down, by the way. Like like right here. Managed, you just manage to just get the right bounces based off quantum mechanics so that you can just wheelie through it. 
and this part especially is a nightmare. Especially with that drift too. That's yeah. crazy. In a normal like RTA run, you'd be hopping over each puddle. I think we got really lucky that the, the crabs weren't in our way at all. So I'll just mention, you heard the bike maybe do a little weird sound. He actually, he braked for a frame to manipulate his position for quantum mechanics. Oh, I forgot about puddles. that. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> yeah, look at the consistency on that as well. Lap two and lap three, six milliseconds off. Yeah. Wow, that's really impressive, especially with all the quantum mechanics stuff as well. Yeah, it was really cool to see him go over the puddles without having to hop and that the quantum mechanics stuff lined up nicely with that as well. Anybody who's a whoever yeah, whoever has tried to do that, like they'll know that is that is incredibly difficult to to do. Probably one of the more precise things in the game for sure. Mm -hmm. I think next we're gonna show off uh DS Delfino Square. This task was made by Luke. Um it uses a a shortcut by the dock that um I don't think is RTA viable? Not a hundred percent. Like it's not like viable three times in a row. People have done it for sure, but it's pretty pretty tricky. Mm -hmm. It might be used in the current fastest flap. He goes down the left path here. Um, I think RTA still goes down the right path. It's for alignment purposes towards this dot cut right here that he just did. Yeah, he's able to get a tremendous amount of airtime by wheeling at the right angle. Um, so there's a wheelie trigger. He rapid fire hopped, and then the next portion, like the other side of the dock, is so close to him that he just tricks and then wheelies and gets a wheelie trigger. And you can, yeah, you can see he's bonking the wall a couple of times just because he's taken incredibly tight, uh, tight lines. And you'll notice the uh, he does a different dock strategy pretty much every lap, just because the dock, uh, the uh, sorry, the bridge, um, the the drawbridge is at a different position every lap. Yep. It's funny that he consistently bonks that wall like all three laps as well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because he's just showing off. It's cool though. Oh man. Oh man. I think if that bridge was any lower that lap, he wouldn't have been able to get a trick. Yeah. I don't think it was I don't think it was that close, but it getting there the the bridge was about to lower yeah so lap three slower there just because the the bridge trick he had to do is not it's not in his favor at all i love the um bunk at the end of that race as well <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting yeah very interesting to see how different it is with the bridge position i think i saw him even go on a uh, different side on different laps as well 
Yeah. Fascinating <laughs> stuff. Side on lap two and the right side on lap three. Something that occurs to me with these retro courses is, is there ever a situation where something would be found on, say, the DS version of this course and then translate to Wii? Or are the physics different enough that that doesn't happen? Ooh. Hmm. That's an interesting question. I don't know. I think I think some I think uh, the reverse of that has been so. There's been some things in Mario Kart Wii, and then retro Mario Kart Wii courses in later Mario Kart games have still worked. So maybe Mushroom Gorge, I think, appears in Mario Kart Seven, perhaps. And there's definitely a skip in Mushroom Gorge that can be used in Mario Kart Seven that is originally from Mario Kart Wii. I'm not sure about the other way though. Yeah, I will I say this: this isn't like exact cause and effect but um on the mario kart 64 uh dk jungle parkway um there is a glitch where you can essentially just go behind the uh the last turn of the lap and just basically drive in a circle there over and over and we can kind of do that but it's it's through a different you know way of doing it but i guess the 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 entire premise of just repeating the last section of the course over and over again is the same so do they keep the checkpoints the same between versions that's a hmm. that's another good question. I actually don't know. Um, I don't have much experience with uh with any of the other Mario Kart games. I imagine it's somewhat of a similar system. I mean, what comes to mind, I think, is uh well, no, I don't know. I think the checkpoint system is different. If you think about Mario Kart sixty four, um, Wario Stadium comes into mind, where you can just you know jump over the wall to another piece of the track and then just jump over the wall again behind the finish line, and that counts yeah. the lap. Something like that wouldn't quite work in Mario Kart Wii, but Definitely. yeah, I would I would say the checkpoint systems are different. Yeah, I guess that would mess with a lot of the glitches that might be transferable. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, I think next we're going to show off the, the Waluigi Stadium glitch. Um, there is no better example of what rapid fire hop abuse can do um, than this track. So he's going to drive right past this this bump right here, turn around, rapid fire off this ramp to get a little off the finish line rapid fire hop through the zipper you can actually do that um if if you uh get a good enough uh angle with rapid fire hop abuse and he does rapid fire again there to get a low trick off the ramp um so he's actually he's passing through an invisible wall um and this is this is how the dk jungle parkway glitch works that you'll see in a bit and i i want to think that it's how coconut mall works so the finish line pull the finish line uh, is a horizontal wall. So he's he's hitting a horizontal wall and then passing through the vertical invisible wall. And there's something with the collision system in this game where um, if you pass through an invisible wall um, a certain within a certain time limit after hitting a horizontal wall, it'll let you pass right through it. Um, and we're we're not quite sure why. Yeah, we're trying to look into that, but. Yeah, we're not entirely sure. Are there any invisible walls closer to inbounds, or are they all sort of up off the track, like where that finish line is? Um. Well, uh, can you repeat that again? I'm confused with the wording. So, like, you're already kind of out of the intended play area during that. Clip. Oh, I see what you're yep. saying. Could yeah, invisible walls. Invisible walls. Um. They extend pretty high up in most circumstances, um, at least on the on the sides of uh, enclosed tracks like that. Um, 
So I don't know if there'd be a way to just get over um, the in- invisible walls. Um, there is a there's a mod for this game uh, in a, a custom track pack. It's a 200 cc mod, so you're driving about 1.5 times as fast as normal, um, and you can actually fly over, um, basically fly over the invisible wall that we just went through, um, right by the finish line, by getting a lot of airtime uh, over the last ramp of the track. I'll try to find the video clip for that as well, but he gets a tremendous amount of height. Um, and it's it for all intents and purposes. I don't think it's, it would be possible to get that much height, um, in 150 CC. So we wouldn't normally be able to pass over invisible walls like that. Speaking of CCs, does anyone care about tazzing lower CC levels or not? <laughs> you can only tazz uh, time trials in 150 CC. Fortunately. <laughs> ah, all right. <laughs> that makes sense. Good on However, you. we we were trying to think about um like modding in 200 CC. Um you can already do that with a speed cheat code, but the the version of the 200 CC mod that's available in the the custom track pack that's distributed in the community. Um they introduced something called brake drifting, which is um a mechanic in Mario Kart 8. While you're drifting, you can press a, the brake button. That way you can continue drifting while taking the turn tighter. Um, as well as there's something called fast falling. So if you tilt forward and you do a nosedive in the air, you'll actually fall at a faster rate than uh, you normally would in 150 CC. So we're interested to see what, what those mechanics could hold um, in TASSES. But we we don't have a, an available mod to, uh, to patch uh, an actual game file to use an emulation. We'll have to wait and see. Are those mechanics inspired by other games that have 200cc? Definitely Mario um, Kart 8. Yeah, for sure. Especially the brake drifting. I don't know what, what introduced the, the concept of fast falling. Um, <laughs> Melee. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure. I don't think that's a mechanic in Mario Kart 8. Yeah, you're never in the air for that long in Mario Kart 8, so. Yeah. I would like to see 200 CC tasses. That would be very good. Faster is always better. <laughs> um, I think we should also show off the the no glitch tasks. Um, let me find that really quickly because I I forgot to put that um in the playlist. Oh, I'm sorry. Ah, oh, you're fine. No, I, I I just found it. So this was also made by uh by Zach. So I had the record before him actually. Um, and he improved it by a tremendous amount. Five um, seconds. <laughs> Yeah, um, all these strategies are different. So he uses mushroom all the way at near the beginning of the lap, and he takes this shortcut shroomless by just riding the wall. Here he's going up and down the zipper just to maintain, you know, about like 119 uh, kilometers an hour. He gets a double trick on that ramp to take the turn tighter, sticks to the floor there to get a trick with no airtime, um, and he rapid fires this last ramp. I I think this task was also made in uh in 2014. Um, luckily yeah, this this con- this is console verifiable. It it's on a a new enough Dolphin version for it to be accurate enough to sync on console. Um, I I really think that this was one of the best tasks for its time. Like execution wise, these these strats were amazing to see. 
Um, so much was changed from the previous record. He, he, Zach thought of so many new, uh, so many new strategies to, to integrate into the, into the course and it worked out well. It looks like. And then his uh, rapid fire hop there is a little bit lower off that last ramp. Um, it's actually a little bit better to get more airtime for lap one and two, because then you can bring some of that uh, that ramp boost into the following lap. But since we're ending lap three as soon as we cross the finish line, you want to land as soon as possible. Okay. Very good. I like um, when... They were riding up on the half pipe. You can really see them going up and down as well. That was good yeah. to see. Cause I was... Yeah, in, in an ideal world, we'd be doing what you do on DK Summit, where you're just like, you're not even going up and down. You're just like moving in one line and repeatedly getting boosts. But this uh, half pipe is much more vertical than the DK Summit one, so it's not really possible. It does point out nicely that those zippers are dependent on direction, though, which is mm, good to see. Yeah. All right. Um, the next task we're going to show off is DS Desert Hills. This was made by uh, Derek. So you, you can take it away. I'm sure oh, you know yeah. more about this course than I do. <laughs> Starting with a slide strat, drifting, mini turboing into off-road, and then clip over this wall and do some janky things. So there's a lot to explain there. I'll go over it in lap two. Right now, controversial topic, this ramp what do we do on it? Do we trick twice? Do we trick once? I actually found it was faster to trick once out of all things. Like, why? Why isn't it faster to trick multiple times? It's complicated. <laughs> so what's even more complicated is coming up here on the glitch. So this dark brown sand, when you touch it normally, it counts you out of bounds. Uh, unless you touch it for a certain amount of time, like a frame maybe. And with a certain angle and probably some quantum mechanics going on as well. It might even be the case that we're just skipping over that zone within the frame. I'm, I'm not sure if that's true or not. <laughs> and maybe that's why we're not being counted out of bounds. People accuse me of actually cheating this run just because of that. They're like, why you touch the brown sound, sand without being counted out of bounds? So yeah, the single trick. Normally we double trick, but... You can get a nice single trick and instantly land on the ground. I have some theories as to why it's better than a double trick. For now. For now, the single trick is the fastest strategy. Was this made on a, an early enough Dolphin version to, uh, to console verify? Because we could just play it back on console to uh, just to verify <laughs> that you know none of that was foul play. Oh. Um, yeah, so no, it was made on an... It was made on an old version of Dolphin, so it's not. Oh, constant. okay. But I think people have done the thing I did on newer versions of Dolphin, and they're okay. Yeah, on console. Uh, clearly a cheated run. When I played Mario Kart Wii, I went on that brown sand and went out of bounds. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, we got him. Yeah. Can't fool me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good watch though i i found it fascinating that it was worth going on the um lighter brown sand to slow down i guess it's worth it for the shortcut though yeah yeah so like if we shroom oh yeah so this is important if you shroom too early 
um, you act boost when you touch the brown sand. So we need to waste a little bit of time just chilling on the light yellow or the darker yellow sand, but not brown sand. So, yeah. Oh, I love that you get three mushrooms. It's it's perfect. Yeah. Yes. Alrighty, what have we got up next? All right, so uh, next up we have uh, GBA Bowser Castle 3. <clears throat> so there's there's a huge shortcut on this track, but we don't consider it an ultra shortcut um, since it's not skipping any key checkpoints. But we still count we'll it see as that like in a little bit. Category, maybe? Yeah, we definitely have, we have a note. I think we call it no shortcut. I don't know. <laughs> but whatever, yeah. I guess I would consider it a, a glitch. So these turns um, are amazing. He's like, he gets the character's elbow into the wall. And like, that's happening on most Tazes, but it's really... Yeah, again, like, this, this, this was made by Monster, um, who was, yeah, he came into the community very recently. So either Funky doesn't have hitboxes in his elbows or the walls are deceiving hitboxes or he's just skipping through the wall in between the two frames. Oh, that's a good way of thinking it. I never thought about it. But yeah, if you're if you're hit the uh the side of this yellow uh uh I don't know what you call it, like the the boost ramp kind of. Yeah, those are um, weird ramps. Yeah, if you if you hit the side of it, you can get a tremendous amount of airtime. Normally, that shortcut shortcut is done uh, using a mushroom in RTA. Um, or no, he used a mushroom here too. Never mind. It is noted. It is possible to do it shroomless, but it's no, significantly it slower. Oh, do, oh, he uses the and mushroom he, uh, after the yeah after yep. the bridge. Okay. Yeah, he also hits the side of these boost ramps to like preserve your speed. These ramps slow you down a lot, but like to sixty sometimes, maybe even fifty. But he manages to utilize them to keep his speed up quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Shrooms there gets the slip drift, takes a nice turn. That ear, the thing you just heard was called. Um, if you if you let oh. go. <laughs> If you let go of accelerate and then insert a frame of braking every other frame, it actually doesn't slow you down at all, surprisingly. And it makes this terrible sound. And people were doing this in their runs all the time, right? <laughs> when that was found. <laughs> I'm surprised that's not more common, actually. I would totally do that if I chose this game. Every people run. People have gotten really sick of it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make them more sick of it. <laughs> that Definitely. was good that was good though so why do those yellow boost ramps slow you down that seems pretty <laughs> weird nintendo hates us uh i don't i don't know why it's that way i think it was just because that's how the ramps were in the the game boy advance mario kart super circuit um and they just wanted to for authenticity's sake i guess they wanted to make the ramps similar yeah yeah i think i remember playing it casually and being very frustrated by them as well so mm -hmm. yes that's yeah, an interesting choice, but I'm glad that the Tazza can get around it. Alrighty, what do we get up next? Alright, um, this is... Uh, is this the last Ultra in the game? Uh, this, this, is, this is the last Ultra shortcut. In um, so we can turn around. We're going to clip this tree by doing a, a double wheelie uh, while backing up. And that just causes us to get a lot more air time when we clip the tree. Um, we can fly over the like through the invisible wall because we're hitting the horizontal wall that is the finish line. 
so we can temporarily pass through walls. And we could just repeat that several times. Such a similar shortcut to the one Drew Weatherton does in Mario Kart 64. Yeah. Like going back to a similar zone. Yeah, that is very reminiscent of N64, isn't it? It's it's cool to see the subtle differences there, for sure. Yeah, we have to do much more complicated things to get it to work, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, the Mario Kart Wii designers might have seen the N64. I'm not sure if that was discovered yeah, before. Yeah, that might be true. Yeah, like in, in Mario Kart 64, I think you're just like exploiting a texture flaw in the wall. But this one, we have to utilize the finish line to actually allow visible like that invisible wall is incredibly high but um recalling what i mentioned earlier with what we call bump fest if you take a really light character and you have a, a really heavy character that slams into the light character they can essentially end up having so much upwards mo momentum they slide up the wall um, and they can actually go over the invisible wall <laughs> that's great uh that's a good strategy yeah, it is very interesting to see that, though. I'm glad that it's possible. Yeah, this was... Um, it's worth mentioning that there was a series of three glitches that were found um, within the same week in 2014. This is years after any other Ultra Shortcut has been found. Um, somebody by the name of Blaze was able to find those. Um, he's he's in our tasking community. Um, and yeah, I don't know I don't know how he, he managed to do it, but he, <sighs> he found all these Ultra Shortcuts. Legendary. So they were the yeah. first ultra shortcuts, were they? Oh they no, were they weren't. Ah, no, uh, the first one was. I think it was the first one was Grumble Volcano, and yeah. I think that was found within a few days of the game's release, actually, <laughs> which is crazy to think about. Um, but yeah. So um, that was the last ultra shortcut we have, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, right. there is one more glitch, um, coming up, but for now these are going to be no ultra shortcuts. Alrighty. So what uh -huh. do we go up next? Right. So this was made by Zach. This is a GCN Mario circuit. Um, you'll mostly hear, you'll, you'll just see well executed lines. That's something that humans don't do right there. He, he went over the curb. He was able to get enough airtime to not hit the, not hit the grass. Oh, and the you sequence don't of curb manipulations is not something they do either, where he just like, wheelies for a long time and just utilizes the angle changes from the curb to go straight yeah, forever that's so precise drifting so he did a wheelie trigger back there we'll point it out again so up here he just what is he did just wheelies right now and all the way up to there it's crazy normally you do uh two or three drifts coming mm -hmm. up here is a willy trigger right there very short again um, mechanics involved in the last ramp yeah when he leaves this tunnel again it might look like he's going slow because you know he's he's really far to the right here um but just because we're able to stay in our wheelie the entire time that so that we don't lose like any speed it's it's so much faster than you know drifting or anything mm 
there we have it. So if you were to lose your wheelie, how difficult is it to get back up to top speed? It depends for how long you drop your wheelie for. Um, if you if you drop down all the way to your base driving speed, which um, I think for the Flame Runner is 84, yeah. I think, um, it would take um, several seconds. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what exact length but you would end up losing um probably close to like a, a second actually driving or maybe not that much maybe like like half a second please yeah something, uh, something around there spears got a really terrible acceleration so mm, wow the spear or the flame runner sorry oh, I thought yeah. the, the flame runner the flame runner the oh, spear's yeah. got decent acceleration flame yeah. runner's got terrible acceleration all right, so the next track is SNES Mario Circuit 3. This is one of the most optimal tracks, and this was definitely one of the the first tracks to be considered optimized just because of how simple it is. Um, it's also worth noting that this was the first track that um passer by the name of MK Dasher. Um, he, he showed the community that, um, you know, we could really benefit from using TAS input, you know, having an on-screen controller um, that allows us to put in, like, really precise inputs so that we can take these turns as optimally as possible. Um, so yeah. This runs by Duanium B. And yeah, I would say all these turns and strategies are pretty similar to what RTA does. Yeah. I think even even the triple mini turbo strat on the the really wide turn um that RTA does that. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Those mini turbos were pretty precise. Yeah. Especially the timing of them. Maybe uh -huh. it only does double mini turbo. Off to watch. Nicely done. Ooh, Peach Garden's coming up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that track was really good to see. I find it hilarious that uh, they take the mushroom across the sand rather than taking the intentional shortcut with the gap in the wall. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, no, that's always, yeah. that's always worth mentioning, yeah. Um, I always thought that was funny, Cutting learning how to play this game. More. Yeah. Yeah, it's all that counterintuitive stuff. Easy to Exactly. Guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. All right, so up next, we're going to show off Peach Gardens. And um, we're going to preface this by saying that this track is different from every other track you've seen before, because instead of using manual transmission with drifting, we're going to use automatic. Um, and I'm sure Derek can take away uh, talking about this because he, he worked on it. Yeah, um, so there's a notable section in this course that makes it so drifting with manual is very slow so the nice thing about automatic is you can turn in your wheelie without speed loss in manual when you turn in your wheelie you lose speed very very fast whereas automatic you lose no speed at all so this section right here in the hedges you'd have to be hopping every time uh or turning in your wheelie which is definitely no you'd rather be hopping 
or you can just wheelie through the entire thing with automatic. And so automatic is a full maybe second or two faster than manual on this course. Uh, right there, I clipped the last staircase. People ask me, why would you do that? It actually increases your speed. I'm actually inside the hedge on there on the second I was, hedge. I was going to comment. It's crazy how like you're literally inside some of the hedges. So this little thing I do, I managed to hop. Now you can't hop with automatic. So how do you do that? If you're drifting with automatic and then put the control stick to the opposite side within a one frame window, it makes you hop. Oh, and it's, it's good also to know worth noting. Oh, I think oh, we're on the same page here. You can go yeah. for it. Yeah, so you can't just hold a turn direction when you're wheeling. You have to, if you press, you know, full right while wheeling, it will eventually make you start drifting after 15 frames. So you have to input a frame of what's called a five value turn, which is just like slightly less than a full right turn. And then you can maintain your wheelie throughout the entire thing. So lap two is notably slightly slower than lap three because there's a little chain chomp in my way on lap two that I have to do some careful maneuvering to avoid. Notably what's called an artificial luck wheelie where I intentionally turn too long while wheeling so that it breaks my wheelie and starts to enter me into a drift. But if I just press the wheelie button again, um, it lowers me down by about three units of speed. But that slight reduction in speed allows me to let the chain chomp pass me by a little more so I can get around him. But the act of just getting around him is also slow too. Hmm. Yeah, real good. I like how close you're getting to the hedges there. He really doesn't have elbow <laughs> hitboxes, does he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a rectangle. And it's really fascinating automatics faster than I had forgotten that you even had a transmission choice. And yeah. there's so many variables that... It, yeah, it's re really great that you were able to notice that, for sure. It's also worth noting, um, on Moonview Highway, the world record um, RTA used to use Spear and Automatic. Um, just yeah. because, I think the only reason for that was just because good alignment going into uh, like the Toll Plaza area. area. So it's really useful to be able to turn in your wheelie to uh, fix your alignment stuff. But yeah, for, for Peach Gardens, it's uh, even RTA. Um, they still use automatic. It's it's way better than manual. Oh, as of... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It used to use manual, but as of very recently, right. Brett, Brett managed to take the world record back with automatic. Mm -hmm. So you yeah. said automatic is better for like kind of turning with wheelies. So what advantage yes. does manual have over automatic then? Uh, mini turbo boosts when you're drifting. So you don't get those with automatic. And what's nice about mini turbo, it's like it's not even the boost that is helpful. It's the fact that you have a boost and then you do a wheelie, which immediately brings you to top wheelie speed. Otherwise, you'd be accelerating from 85, and that's bad. But the boost, the main use is not the speed boost you get, but the fact that it immediately puts you at top wheelie speed. Okay, very interesting. Well, I'm glad there are some levels where automatic is faster because it makes for a yeah. more interesting speed game, uh -huh. I think.
Yeah. Cool. All right. What do you got up next? The second to last track we're going to show off is uh, DK Mountain for the GameCube. Uh, this task was made by Slayer. Um, he's he's currently working on improving it. Um, I think he's still working on lap one now. But this is still a really good uh, task in itself. Um, so this is going to make use of a glitch. It's going to abuse the wall collision um, by a blue zipper and a fence. And he's going to essentially squeeze himself in between um, the two walls. Um, yeah, for that turn back there, he was able to stick to the floor and take a much tighter turn than you normally would be able to. So yeah, he shrooms and gets himself stuck in between those two walls, shoots through with a trick. He's able to spin around and take the uh, shortcut right there. That fence clip was insane. Mm -hmm. It's possible RTA, but um, the, the world record does it every lap, but it's decently hard to pull off i would say it's it's precise but not too precise and they don't do a trick with it as far as i'm aware oh yeah the trick is really precise i think you only have like a three frame window depending on uh how long your boost uh duration is if your boost uh ends too short you'll end up getting stuck to the wall um and you'll you'll wrap around the side of the mountain and fall off So how much time does clipping that fence save? Um, let me pull up the spreadsheet. I'm actually not sure. Um, it looks current... like it saves seven seconds. Yeah. That sounds about right. Seven seconds overall on the three lap. So Yeah. That's pretty good. And normally this bridge is awful to deal with. You can end up getting a lot of uh, bounces every time you fall down and hit the bridge again. You'll just bob back up. But he's able to stick to the bridge. As far as I know, that's, quant that's quantum mechanics um, when you approach the bridge. But I'm, I'm not sure why it, why it happens or anything. Yeah, cool. That was a real good one. I like how um, <laughs> after the fence clip, you can have your nose pointing into the ground and you don't like crash. Yeah, anything. that's a real that's a really funny side effect. Um, what we what we've been trying to see is if you keep using mushrooms, if uh, maybe you could cut off that shortcut where where he normally lands from the glitch, and if you could just you know wheelie and you know immediately be driving towards the uh, the the bridge at the end. But yeah, it doesn't seem like you can go over or through the invisible wall at all. Mm -hmm. So um, the last task that we're going to be showing off, um, it's, it's a track that we have never been sure what the fastest character is um, between Daisy Mockbike and Funky Kong and Flame Runner. Um, so let's just watch the comparison um, and we'll, we'll see which one wins. So I think this is to, yeah. Russo was the one he's like so longest time we were like well Flame Runners you know faster and Russo's like no I think Daisy's faster and we're like no maybe I don't know we'll see what happens. So Daisy so you, you looks can, like she's already taking. Fun I'm sorry. Yeah, Funky's ahead. So Daisy, it looks yeah. like she takes turns like wider, like she's farther away from their wall. Her hitbox is terrible. Her hitbox is like deceivingly large it's maybe even larger than funky kong's 
and so she takes turns she like she has a sharper turn radius but she has to avoid walls more so than funky does so this is where daisy pulls ahead her mini turbo boost is a lot longer so when she's doing those three mini turbos right in like one right after the other she's able to pull ahead of funky Con. yeah all right so you can see the lap times at the top um they're the exact same um so yeah um and yeah both of these tasks were made by uh zach and he's he... like working on these tasks simultaneously i think yeah i think you're right because he really wanted to try to make sure he had as fair of a comparison as possible so yeah you can see again funky kong still ahead during this section but then she gains a lot of time at the shroom spot there and then definitely this triple mini turbo because funky kong can't take it as tight and then her mini turbo has a lot of duration So Daisy was just slightly ahead. Um, they, yeah. I'm pretty sure they crossed the finish line on the same frame, but um, when the game Maybe. calculated the lap time, um, she was a little bit ahead. I can't say for sure that it was the exact same frame, but it's it's within a frame. So the game like interpolates your position to calculate the lap time. Yeah, there's a, there's an algorithm um, that that calculates it depending on your uh, your sub position. Yeah. Well, that makes in-game time really good for this, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny. If you enter the lap count from the side, like in the Coconut Mall glitch, it actually only does it based on frame count. It spit like it, the algorithm spits out an error because you're not entering the the you're not triggering the lap from behind the finish line. Anyway, though oh. that is the total time they tied. They tied exactly. It's an unironic tie. Yes, As Zach describes it. Now, if we're going to get really technical, um, the we we can look at the algorithm that determines the lap count time, and the game the game only displays it up to you know milliseconds, but we can actually observe it. I think close to twelve decimal places. Um, and so, as it turns out, Funky Kong is ever so ever so slightly faster, um, just barely. <laughs> I think by a, a magnitude of like. 10 to the negative sixth or something like that seconds it's it's ridiculous yeah wow that is amazing and that they were overtaking each other as well during that and still yeah. ended up at the same it's insane yeah and it really does go to show you how optimized these Mario Kart Wii Tazes can get too it's very good to see uh-huh um, you never know maybe someone will find a time save with Daisy or something yeah. Oh, that'd be that'd be amazing. I'd love to see something like that happen, and we can finally end the debate on this track. <laughs> I think it's fair to say that they're pretty much both the same. But I do like how you're having subframe measurements of how yeah. quick they are. <laughs> it's really. <laughs> and cool. as far as like our RTA goes, Daisy's maybe an easier character to use because you know we have to we have to pull a lot of strings to get Funky to do these like tight turns really well, whereas you wouldn't really have to worry about that with Daisy. That's surprising. I thought Daisy would be worse because your eyes would be tricked by a hitbox. I guess you get used to it, though. Yeah, that that's fair. That's a fair point. I don't know. I'd say it would it would it would come it would come down to muscle memory. I think if you just get used to Daisy and you know what what turn radiuses work and what don't. um, Yeah, yeah, I'd say you get used to it from there. 
Yeah, definitely. Cool. I think that's all the tracks that we wanted to show. Yeah, that's it for the tracks. So, all right. So we've got some upcoming projects. So with, uh, do one of you want to talk about console verification? I think we briefly um, touched on it, but we could explicitly say here. Yeah. yeah. So just because the dolphin emulators become uh, very accurate, um, well, I wouldn't say very accurate, but you know, it's be- it's become accurate enough where the uh, collision throughout the game is accurate to uh, actual game console for. Um, you to be able to take ghost data made on emulator and transfer it to console, and you can play back tasks um, on your Wii. Um, and I've already done that with uh, several of our records, and it, it works fine. And it's it's really like it's fun to watch, you know, a task that you made for weeks and weeks on your computer, and actually be able to play it back on your Wii. Um, and what we plan to do with this is for SGDQ 2019, we're going to be submitting Mario Kart Wii tasking. Um, for the task block and hopefully they find it interesting enough and we can, you know, do what we kind of did on this podcast, you know, commentate about um, some of the more interesting tracks that we've shown, uh, namely a lot of the ultra glitch tracks um, and some of the uh, no glitch tracks like DK summit um, coconut mall. Uh, Cause I think those are really impressive um, because I really love to be able to showcase, um, you know, a, a passion for, for tasking this game that so many of us share. Um, like I've, I've been tasking this game for like seven years now on and off. So it'd be really awesome to, you know, help showcase our work, um, and represent the community at an event like that. For sure. And, uh, I think Derek will be going. Do you know for sure? I I mean, I'll probably go to SGDQ regardless, maybe I think, I think I will too, but, but yeah, that'd, that'd be a fun time. Yeah, well, I really hope it gets in for you. I think that would be great to see in a TAS block. And uh, yeah, I think a lot of people would be very interested in seeing those TASs and finding out that they are console verifiable too. It reminds me a lot of what they were doing with Super Monkey Ball. Uh, I think it was like last year. Yeah, the the replay system. Yeah, I remember that from one GDQ. Hmm. Yeah, well, I really do hope it gets in for you. Uh, Cool. So... Is there anything else you want to talk about with Mario Kart Wii testing? Um, I guess we can just say, um, yeah, well, I think 8-Bit Beast will include a link in the description to the, the best known time spreadsheet. It's just a, a Google sheet that has uh, all our best times with YouTube links. Um, and then on there, you can also find a link to our Discord, um, Mario Kart Wii testing Discord. And so you can get to know people in the community, learn how to you know optimize the game, learn about the tech, um and yeah just come to hang out i guess we've had in our minds to make some like tutorials sometime soon malio's got a tutorial he made a long time ago but there's been lots of new things you know discovered since then and also the tutorial mostly focuses on like how to use dolphin and stuff but like specific advanced tech things like super grinding and side trick abuse you know we'd love to release a tutorial for that sometime soon yeah, that's a good idea. Um, I think one of us will, you know, definitely get around to making something like that. That'd be really beneficial to the community, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I'll be sure to include links to as much as I can. So 
Melio, where can we find you? Um, so on YouTube, um, it's uh, Schwamalio MK. I used to share the channel with somebody. That's S H W A M A L L E O M K. We'll have that linked, I guess. Um, I'm, then on Twitter and Twitch, I'm Tas Malio. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for me. And Taz Plasma, Derek. You can find me at Taz Plasma on YouTube, and you can find me on Twitch at Taz Plasma. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, well, yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thank you for having us. It's been us. a pleasure. Cool. And yeah, thanks everyone for listening slash watching.